This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features... We give them away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As always, we have a lot to discuss tonight. Your calls are the primary element to the show if you decide to make them. Uh, and, of course, that's what the show is all about. Your phone calls is why we call it Free Talk Live. And, again, the number 800-259-9231. Now, something I mentioned that uh, I wanted to get into at some point here was 50 things that every 18-year-old should know, and I figure we'll start the show out with some of these. We can stop down anytime we want to, and you know, you can call in. You can still bring up whatever is on your mind. Maybe we'll do 10 tonight. Maybe we'll do 20. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But uh, we do have a younger audience on this talk program. This is a talk radio show, and typically talk radio shows are thought of as being a 25 to 54 demographic. That's pretty much ours on the radio. It is ours on the radio, but that's because we're pretty much on traditional... 25 to 54 uh, male stations. Exactly. That's where traditional talk radio is targeted, and that's where our show shows up on most talk stations around the country. Not that we're on most talk stations around the country, but on the talk stations, stations we're around on, the country most that of them yeah. uh, are traditional talkers. We do have a handful of uh, progressive talk stations, and I imagine that progressive talk might lean slightly younger, but that's just me speculating. I don't really know if that's true or not, because it seems like the progressive talkers are kind of like the conservative talkers, except for the other team. Yeah. Uh, and we do have you know a couple of hot talk stations which definitely target younger audiences. But this show is also available not just on the radio, but also as a, a podcast and also as live streams on the Internet. And, of course, those are available free to anybody who wants them at freetalklive.com. And the Internet tends to have a bit of a younger demographic to it. Uh, certainly younger people, uh, especially those under the age of 18, have a whole lot of free time on their hands, and the Internet is a great way to, well, kill your free time or invest your free time, however you want to look at it. I guess investing is a... Free Talk Live is an investment. Yeah, it's, it's a, investing, is, investing is such a uh, positive word in, in comparison to kill. So it's a good way to spend some free time, and so inevitably our Internet audience skews younger than our radio uh, listenership, and... You know, even if you are in your upper ages, uh, perhaps you can appreciate these 50 things that every 18-year-old should know. Maybe you did know some of these things as a younger person, or maybe you didn't figure them out until your mid-50s. Or maybe you know somebody who's under 18 that needs, uh, you know, you can remember a few of these to tell them. It's always good to have, uh, you know, wise people giving you some advice. Or you could call in and share your stories with us. Perhaps one of these uh, items will spark some memories and you can tell us how, boy, I wish I would have known that then because blah, 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 you know, whatever your your situation might have been. And of course, there are three of us here on the panel tonight, so I'm sure we'll have a few things to say. We'll get started here. Uh, the story uh, is from, and I, I I hesitate to cite this source, but Right Wing News. Not that this is a right wing website, but it's a uh, that's the source of the story. Anyway, number one, if you're buying something that you'll use often and for a long time, never go cheap. Yeah, get the good one. You'll end up replacing it sooner or paying more in maintenance costs than if you'd spent more on good quality in the beginning. But high prices don't always mean good quality. That's true. 
there's an opportunity to look around. Uh, you know, you know, do that. Do your research. Find you know the, as best you can. It's it's difficult when you're looking at things that you don't know that much about, trying to research them. But uh, you know, there's there's usually some kind of advice out there one way or the other. Some things on cars that you might look for is, you know, depending on the company, they, you know, they sell versus name brand if, um, for their name brand. For instance, if uh, you're getting Honda or Toyota, well, they've got a real good reputation for lasting quality. Um, I think some of the American cars are underrated right now, personally. But I think cars like car makers like Kia and uh, Hyundai are probably underpriced for their name brand, and you can probably get more car for your money that way. Just a, it's just a thought, right? I don't buy I don't buy new cars generally. <laughs> Me neither. Ever. Uh, I think it's good advice generally, but Mark is on the money that you can't assume because the price is higher that it's a better product. But I would say don't have the price be your primary focus for why you buy something. I, I bought a seventeen dollar webcam on Amazon.freetalklive.com. How'd that work out? Fantastic. I mean, it's it's working great for me. Seventeen dollar webcam has a mic on it. I've been make I make phone calls with it and. Yeah, you need to look at uh, what your what your parameters are as far as what it is you want to accomplish. I mean, for instance, Mark, you know this. I'm not a handy tools kind of guy. No, like, I don't want to be that kind of guy. I don't. No, know you anything. definitely don't. You yeah, you you act more incompetent than you are when it comes to <laughs> fixing things. Things that aren't computers, anything that's kind yeah. of electronic with a flashing LED, you'll jump right into. Go, you know, elbows deep in it. But if it if it looks like <laughs> it has carpentry work involved, you're just not interested. I'll I don't hire quite somebody. Under, I just don't understand. <laughs> but okay. So uh, so that's you know so therefore I have tools right, but I've got the cheaper tools. You know, I haven't spent great money on tools necessarily because I hardly ever use them. I mean I use them for the most basic things, screwdrivers, that kind of thing, and I hammer. Get, when I when I get tools, I get the good one because because you use man, them a lot. God, God, nothing makes me more mad than when something breaks. I had a hammer drill that uh, shook itself apart. Darn thing made me so angry. But um. You know, I was just thinking when I was making that statement, I've often thought that to myself. Geez, Ian can't fix it. You know, Ian won't even try to fix these things. I know he could, but he loves to fix electronics. And I was realizing I'm just the opposite. If it's got a flashing LED on it, I will simply not touch it. <laughs> I would rather throw it away Luddite. and buy a new one. <laughs> I have no He's so much. Interest. Totally is. It's amazing he can send emails. You're Amish. <laughs> I'm Quaker. <laughs> You're a Luddite. So, and then, of course, on my business side, right, uh, you've said before that I'll spend whatever it takes to get the equipment that's Absolutely. necessary to, to make this show sound good and uh, to make sure that it lasts. Doesn't I mean, matter how many digits it's got, you'll spend it. Yeah. So, uh, well, anyway, that was number one. Number two of the 50 things that every 18-year-old should know. Num and, again, if you want to chime in here anytime, 800-259-9231. Don't spend money. This is a big one. This is a huge one. Don't spend money on a credit card that you can't afford to pay back. The interest and late payments can put you in a hole that can take you years to pay back. It's absolutely right. true. You you think that that small amount of, amount of interest or whatever that they're going to charge you, whether it's 9% or 19%, you think it's not going to be that big of a deal, or you think you're going to pay it off the next month, but it's a dangerous tightrope game. That's why they put them out there, because they want people to play that dangerous tightrope game. And I got a piece of advice from a friend of mine that I figure, that I find to be extraordinarily valuable. Every dollar you spend today is $7, um, you know, when you if you invest it for your retirement or whatever. So that... You know, whatever, if it's $10 or $100, that's $700. If it's $1,000, that's $7,000 that you would have for your retirement. So saving, a good idea. Live well below your means. It's not how much money you make. It's how much money you spend. 
as to whether you're poor or not. They, they keep trying to raise your rent, your uh, limit. If you aren't spending enough on your car, they'll raise your limit. Please spend money on this thing. Yeah, they I just remember when I when I got my first credit card, my mom had pounded frugality into my head for so long. Good it for was her. really yeah, I was in my nature, it was in my mom's nature. I just picked it up from her. I was terrified of the thought of getting in debt to these credit cards and things like that. And I only I got it because I would go shopping and write checks. And I would lose track of my balance on my checkbook and overdraft. And yep. and oh, not because I was trying to spend more than I had, but because I just lost track. Mm-hmm. And I found that the credit card for me was just convenient. So it was like I wanted to be able to use the credit card. I had every intention of never spending more than what I had the money to buy. And then I would pay it off every month. And I did that. And it and it helped me establish credit because I was paying it off every month on time. And I, and I started getting a credit record. I was able to actually get loans at that point. For, you know, like a car and things like that. So That's great. So you're like me then. You've never really had a problem with credit cards. Never. I there, there absolutely all... have. Um, and one of the reasons is, is I would spend what I made um, up, to, up to that time. And then when something, some, emer- some situation occurred, then I wouldn't have, then I'd have to spend money on that. And then I'd be stuck. You're out of money. Right. So I wouldn't be able to pay off the credit card. And then, oh, boy. You know, a lot of people use credit cards to these days to get, and probably in the past as well, but uh, to purchase products that they don't necessarily need, but that they want. You know, the the new plasma TV or whatever the uh, product of the moment might happen to be. I'll I'll pay it off later. Right, I'll just put it on the car. Let's get this tonight. Hey, the Super Bowl's coming up in two weeks. We got to have this 60 inch widescreen. And then you end up paying, you know, a whole lot more than the actual tag price of the item had you been patient and just waited until you had the savings to purchase the item just outright. You would have saved a lot of money and you'd still have the product you wanted. Plus, the price would be lower if you wait. Free Talk Live. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. freetalklive.com. Features including archives. If you missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're yours, free, right there on the front page of the website, going back for an entire year at freetalklive.com. We'll continue some of these uh, things every 18-year-old should know. But first, we go back to our go-to-the-phones and the fun. Jeff in Vermont, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeff. Hey, good evening, Ian. How are you doing? Hey, uh, doing great. What's on your mind tonight, Jeff? Well, Ian, actually, I called uh, to get a few things on my mind that I'd love to talk about. And um, I guess I'll start off with just outreach to lo- to your local politician. Um. I've had some success lately in engaging one of my uh, my local state representatives. Uh, what sort of success? To, well, <laughs> I've apparently been able to make her think. How about that? That was a good thing. Yeah, imagine that, right? <laughs> um, my my local state rep is a Democrat, and in Vermont, uh, you can, yes, in Vermont. <laughs> oh my God! So, as you can imagine, a bit of a socialist and uh, a bit of a statist. Okay. And I've been able to give her some pause, and I just wanted to encourage people out there who think that it might not be worthwhile. And I know that you have the opinion that no government is good. I'm kind of more in Mark's corner at the moment, though. I, I believe that some kind of minimalist government would be best at the moment until we can transition into a truly free society. 
And I've been able to get my local representative to stop and think. And I've been able to do so by illustrating to her that she really doesn't represent either the majority or the minority. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, I've asked her a couple of questions that have been kind of pointed in regards to a bill that she just recently signed off on that increases not only state spending, but increases our state taxes and creates some new taxes on a couple of items that weren't before taxed, such as Netflix. Yeah, that's right. I heard about that. Yes. So that was Bill H-442 in Vermont. It's going to be going up before the Senate, the state Senate, for a vote, but it's passed the House. And my representative was one of the representatives that voted in favor of it. All right. So in a prior email that I had sent her, I pretty much admonished her not to raise taxes, any taxes or any new taxes for any purpose in this legislative session. But she didn't uh, do as you requested. Oh, of course not. (laughs) That would be way too much to expect. Uh, She did indicate in a return email uh, to me in that first email that I had sent her that she would, she agreed with me wholeheartedly and, you know, she was definitely in my corner. And then lo and behold, this bill 442 comes up and there you go. Hmm. She's voting to not only increase spending, but increase taxes. You mean she pandered to what she thought you wanted with a bunch of rhetoric and then her actions actually defied what she said she was going to do? This was a politician? <laughs> Can you imagine such a thing happening, Bill? I mean, that never happens, does it? <laughs> All right, so what was the point that you made that uh, was so uh, poignant to her, I guess? Well, I've actually been able to stop her in her tracks. Uh, we've been having a bit of an email dialogue, and of course, we've kept it cordial. I mean, yes, no that's important. It is. It is. I, I can absolutely see Mark's point, and I, I can see your point as well, Ian. There's no point in getting mad at these people. I know there's plenty to be mad at them oh, yeah. about. It's easy to be mad at them, no doubt about it. It, it really is. It, it, it's so easy to get angry at what they've done, because what they do, and every single one of them is guilty of this, is that they subjugate the rest of us to their will. And All right, so I got to know, how did you nail her down? Well, the way I did to nail her down was I more or less got into the position where I started to ask her a line of questions that more or less illustrated to her that she doesn't illustrate the majority. Because the simple fact of the matter is that of the 4,000 or so constituents in her district, only 1,300 of them voted for her. So a minority of the potential voters uh, voted for her. Correct. Right. And she also doesn't represent the minority because the the minority that voted was approximately 900 voters, and they did not vote for her. So she doesn't really represent the minority either. Hmm. The only person that any person, any individual can truly represent is themselves. Absolutely. And I think that that point in itself has kind of made her uncomfortable. It's been a couple of days since she's emailed me back, but I've sent her a follow-up email to make it exceedingly clear to her that I'm not really angry at her per se and that I would really enjoy continuing our conversation because I think it's important to open that dialogue. Absolutely. And I think you've been doing great so far. And keep us in the loop as to how things go with her. I thank you for the call tonight, Jeff. Good hearing from you. And, uh, you know, it's not easy. To be nice to these people, to the no, politicians, it, it, to I, the bureaucrats. I think there's a there's a there's a way of talking to them definitely 
Uh, you don't like I got on to uh, well, actually, I didn't have to get on to him. It cleared up before I needed to. But I knew someone who tended to shout epithets at police and things like that. And I found I don't think that's productive. I think that we need to seem like the level-headed ones. I mean, we are the yes. level-headed ones, in my opinion. But we need to express that. And we need to express ourselves in that way. But when you're but angry, you're not level-headed. We should be honest. Uh, we should say the truth. And I think that sometimes people are going to interpret that a certain way. But but there is a you know I don't think it does any good to shout or to be or angry about even it. Even raise your voice. I think that you have to come across as uh, <clears throat> you know try to come across as friendly without sound, sounding smug. And <clears throat> pardon me. And it can be difficult. It's not. It's not easy to, to 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 debate these people. A lot of people find debates themselves to be confrontational. Yeah, yeah that's the point of them. Yes. Right. And so you it, it, you you have to try to uh, engage them on a friendly basis, not just a cordial basis, but a friendly one. And then I think you can you, you'll you'll see more success. Usually, the the way to do that is to find areas in which you agree and to focus on those and show how you you know tell them and point out how you agree on these areas. In fact, there may be even goals in which you agree, but your your methods are different. So, for instance, if you want to help feed the hungry, uh, we might say that, well, in order to feed the hungry, we should do that on a voluntary basis, collect contributions from consenting parties, and then give those contributions out to people that deserve it. Whereas others might say that, well, the government needs to do this, which means they're the ones advocating force against their neighbors. So it's easy for us to, uh, to take a lot of the same goals as many of the statists allegedly claim to have and then show how it is that our methods to achieve those goals are more humane than these than the goals of the status yep. and ke- and keeping calm and keeping a cool head and and having a conversation instead of an argument having a pers- uh, using persuasive tactics instead of argumentation tactics all of these things take practice and so get out there and, you know, take Practice. those swings. You're going to you're going to miss sometimes. You're going to get angry. You're going to have to back down. You're going to have to apologize for being angry. But it's OK. If you apologize, you, you're you're doing the right thing. You're showing the humility. You're eating a little crow. You're showing that you can make mistakes, too. And so it's OK to to uh, to look back on your last conversation with whether it be a, a loved one or a politician or something like that and find what you did wrong. And then apologize for it and try to make it make it right in the future. 800-259-9231. And over time, what you'll find is, as I found recently from one of the politicians here locally, is that uh, she emailed to say that she's feeling like she might care about some of us free stater types, some of us liberty types. And uh, I'll get I'll share some of that email here in a few moments. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, the other day I bought my first firearm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. At 357? Match. I even got a $5 disguise discount. Nice. All I had to do was sign up for the military. Sign what? Huh? I have to die on This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, Dozens of Ladies, have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. 
Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself at shrine.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. Now, a few moments ago, we were talking with uh, Jeff in Vermont about a conversation or a series of emails he'd been trading with uh, one of his so-called representatives. And, of course, as Jeff pointed out, there's no way that anybody could possibly represent anyone accurately with the exception of themselves. He pointed that out to her, and he was talking to her about how it is that she elected or she was elected by a minority of people, and she doesn't represent the majority, therefore, but she also doesn't represent the other minority either. And so it's just the the whole representative government thing is a big fraud, and there's no way that it could ever be a possibility. There's no way I could represent Dale when I'm also trying to represent Mark, and my own interests are involved in the matter. So he did a good job pointing that out. And the the important point about that whole conversation was he kept it civil. He kept it a conversation and not an argument. And I think one of the ways that if you maybe you've got a hot head, maybe you're really angry about what the government is doing because there's a lot to be angry about. If so, you're new, sort of new to this movement, likely that's you true. Will be. Yeah. yeah. And I've been there. I know what it's like. So maybe you are that uh, hot head kind of uh, person at this time. You can change. You can adjust toward being cool and, you know, looking at things from a, a more positive perspective. But in the meantime, perhaps you should avoid person-to-person encounters. Maybe email's the way to go as far as contacting a so-called representative or something like this. So we're focusing here on, to- on actually talking to local politicians. Don't even bother trying to talk to the, the Washington, D.C. guys. They don't care what you have to say. They're yeah. not going to talk if to you're you. Gonna, if you're going to contact them, contact them over a, uh, you know, a big issue that's worth your trouble um, but not... You know, <laughs> on a state issue, though, it's possible, and especially in a place like uh, New Hampshire where the, or, Vermont. Or, or Vermont or something like that, where the, the representatives are not actually representing a tremendously huge amount of people. So they could actually pick up the phone to talk to you or, in this case, answer emails. But if you're, answer, if you're sending out emails, you have the ability to sculpt your message. You don't have to – if you find yourself angry as you're typing an email – Cool down. Leave it in your drafts folder. Yeah. Come back to it, you know, a few hours later or the next day or something like that when you've had a chance to cool down and review and, and see what you've written so far and go back and, and, and don't send that hothead email. You know, I I've, I've post uh, not as much on forums as I used to. And, you know, as you know, there are a lot of debates that take place on forums. Sure. And I've had times where I type in a message onto a forum and post it to a thread and almost immediately after hitting submit, I go, okay, go back and edit it yes. <laughs> and calm it back so down, you know. So that's something I think you learn over time is, is uh, that your, sort of, your initial words, they might be sort of reactive. And then if you just take a moment and, and, and look, even after you've done it, go ahead and type them. Get them out of your system, sure. like you said, and then go back and, and change them before you send them out. So what I wanted to share briefly in relation to all of this is how it is that treating people, even those who are involved in the system, even those who are politicians or bureaucrats and they're operating an inhumane system, treating them with uh, with the level of humanity that they wouldn't necessarily extend uh, to you if you were in their keep, for instance. So being the better man, basically, or a woman in whatever case it might be. And so I, that's how I've been handling things recently. More recently uh, here in Keene, I've been uh, being more diplomatic and having conversations and being approachable and, and, uh, and nice and positive. And it's paying off. 
because I got an email from one of the city councilors here. She's the host of a local talk show that's all about, you know, city issues, kind of a political show where they have their buddies come on and they talk about whatever it is they're doing. And our liberty-oriented people have been calling this show for a long time, and I'm one of those people. I've been calling this show now for a couple of years, basically, on a pretty much a weekly basis, calling and talking about freedom and being very cordial and and, uh, conversational about it and persuasive, hopefully. And so over all this time, there have been some, you know, relatively heated discussions, but it's always been, I think, fairly cordial. And so here's what she sent me after returning from a two-week vacation. Out of the blue, I didn't send her anything. She says, hi, I've been away for a couple of weeks. Thank God for vacations. Is Sam still in jail? So asking about Sam's welfare. That's excellent. Our co-host, who, yes, he is still in jail and it's now been over two weeks. We can, uh, we're going to talk more about him tomorrow night. He's going to call in and give us an update. She says, what's happening on that front? I never, ever, well, hardly never, ever, she says in parenthesis, agree with you guys, but for reasons I can't explain, I worry about all of you. Maybe I don't have enough to do. Yeah, that must be it. And then she signs the, uh, the message, C. It's nice. So, yeah, reaching out uh, unexpectedly to show that, reluctantly, to reluctantly show, as she makes it clear, that she might actually care about some well, of these activists. You know and, what? Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, Dale. And look <laughs> at how this, uh, this, this email has made you react. Um, I mean, you're excited. You're read it, reading it on your uh, you know, nationally syndicated show. You're, you feel really good about this, and uh, you know, it creates a, a connection between uh, she and you. Well, that's something that can be used in the other direction, too. You know, just an email to say hi and, um, you know, how, how are you to people like, you know, that, that you may be, that you're trying to convince of these, uh, you know, reach out to, disciple and um, for liberty. Those things help. You know, I, uh, we constantly stress peaceful activism, nonviolence, mm-hmm. mostly free speech issues, cameras, things like that. And I think that. Even for all these people who who may disagree with us right now, I mean, more than anything, we're fighting for the right to say what we believe uh, and to and to have more transparency in the actions of what's going on in the courthouse with police and things like that. And how can anyone really how can you truly publicly be against that sort of thing that that really gets above and beyond whatever political differences we might have? And I think when you see people getting arrested for. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of footage of that. People getting arrested who are people who have never been violent. People who, I mean, for the, mm-hmm. they weren't even. Most of them were not doing anything. They were quiet. They were just told to leave for no good reason, and they were being arrested for that. I think at some point, you know, that's that's kind of the point of why we're trying to, you know, constantly focus on being peaceful, on being nonviolent, on 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 free speech issues and and transparency, because that's something that we should all be able to agree on. It doesn't matter whether you're a socialist or a capitalist or whatever. And it's, and it's been those. Things that you're talking about, those incidents where somebody will get arrested for doing something completely peaceful, it's been those incidents that have been... Or at been... least nonviolent. I, I, you know, I've, I've noticed that they've uh, that, that one of the comments uh, that we've gotten is that, well, you guys aren't peaceful, because peaceful to some extent means placid and, and, and quiet and calm, but you know, nonviolent is an is a, uh, accurate definition. Okay, yeah. Well, not not nonviolent. I don't know how uncalm... I mean, some. I guess some people have gotten riled up, so... I think we're promoting peace, so I think it's very accurate to say peaceful. I, I mean, prefer that's exactly peaceful what we are trying to do. I yeah, mean, it's it's a peaceful more, is a positive term. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not what you're against; it's what you're in favor of. So uh, I think that it's those peaceful actions you're describing, Dale, that have been chipping, chipping, 
chipping away uh, at the, the, the cognitive dissonance uh, that, that essentially Cynthia, in this case, the politician, is feeling inside herself or in, in her mind when she's she's weighing these two things that uh, her her old belief system about well the law is the law and you know we have laws for a reason and the system is the best system in the world and whatever else it is that she's been raised with and has believed her whole life that's going up in and it's it's in conflict with that she's seeing these nice folks people who are courteous and kind and friendly being taken away by that same system and locked in a prison cell and uh, and being you know uh, harmed basically and she doesn't want to to see that it's uncomfortable to see but because it's happened so many times now she can't get away from it and it's causing her to feel conflicted inside it's that cognitive dissonance we talk about so much on this show and it's that's part of my response to her i haven't quite finished that yet yeah i think you're right i would caution that that's your that's your belief about what she's feeling obviously and it you're kind of belief. speaking for her, you know i think it's a belief founded in some level of yeah, reality i, I, I think you're right i think more, i would agree with you more coming up here 800-259-9231 you can bring up whatever's on your mind this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Now, if you enjoy the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. They've got dozens of categories, even used items, so a great way to get the shopping done that you need to do over at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Feel good, because a percentage is going to Free Talk Live when you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We continue with your phone calls. Scott is in Canada on the amp line. Hello, Scott. Hello, guys. Hey, Scott. What's on your mind? I signed up for the Free State Project today. Wow, congratulations. Excellent. Excellent. I, you're, you're signer number 9270. I was just looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, finally said that's, that's it. I can't take it anymore. Um, what was the straw yeah, that uh, broke the camel's back, so to speak? The lack of activism where I live. It's really hard to get anybody to do anything. Give me an example. Really hard. How hard? Well, uh, I have a little group that uh, that I meet with here, and I've been trying to uh, sort of mimic freekeen.com with sort of a, an active blog to to uh, just highlight things going on. And even that, I couldn't get anybody to participate in that. I was by myself, and I was trying to – recently at the 420 rally, um, there we had thousands of people at our Manitoba legislature, and I mm. wanted to go down there and hand out material, and again, by myself. So mm. it's, it's not – Man, I feel your pain, brother. I've been there. I know exactly what it's like. <laughs> I know exactly I what it's like. That's, stuff, yeah. you know? That's what it was for me down in Sarasota, Florida, where I was born and raised. I mean, there are a handful of folks that could do activism, but weren't really too keen on starting anything themselves. So I'd have to start everything and call everybody and remind them that they needed to be here at a certain time. If if I wanted them to show up, I'd yeah. call and remind them. Uh, and, and sometimes they would. Sometimes they would show. Sometimes but they wouldn't. They don't have Port 411 down there, Ian? No, they don't oh, have that. Man. And, you know, it's funny. You, you talked about emulating uh, freekeen.com, which is Dale and I's uh, blog site, or one of Dale's blog sites and my blog site. And uh, 
it's hard for even the activists here in New Hampshire to emulate freekeen.com and what's going on here in Keene because it's not even happening. I mean, they can't, they're not even doing fully informed jury association anywhere else in the state right now. And uh, they're all, t- you know, I so said there are some activist things going on some in things New Hampshire. Some things they're doing better, but, oh, yeah, you know, they're, I got to give them kudos. Uh, they're doing great stuff all over the state. I've been all over. I, you know, I, I kind of tested around different areas. I went to Manchester. I went to the Seacoast area. That's and right. from Manchester, you can kind of hit Nashua, Concord stuff going on. And Seacoast, you can easily hit a lot of the things going on over there in Portsmouth and, and Seabrook and different things. And they're doing great stuff. It's just, uh, by comparison to just about anywhere else, it's just that, but even then, they're still, like, a, it seems like they're getting a little jealous of Keene because we're getting so much excitement here. It's understandable. You know? And, and uh, you so. know what, I hope they step it up. I hope they decide to uh, get get competitive with uh, the Keene group and start really promoting their areas. They might say the same to you. I mean, uh, who, we, who's we're put, stepping who's it put, up, babe. Who's put the uh, gold pages out for the uh, the city councilors here in Keene? Hey, now that's not a bad idea. There are more politically active people coming here, and uh, maybe that'll start to happen. But uh, so go ahead, uh, continue with your thoughts. Just to bring our listeners up to speed, you said you joined the Free State Project. That means you're committed to moving to New Hampshire in order to achieve uh, to become an activist for liberty. It sounds like you already are an activist, but uh, you're going to be bringing your activism here and i think that's great and it's such an extra level of commitment i mean it's already a big commitment for anybody in the united states to uproot themselves and move to new hampshire but because you're across the imaginary international border uh that's going to make things a little bit more difficult for you well i I have some opportunities for self-employment uh it's still a few years down the road because i need to get my wife on board when i told my wife about it she said she doesn't want to be around other people like me in, in a joking way. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're all said, different. Oh, we just regular people there too, you know. She can so hang out with your I, wife, I, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> they have fun. It's still a few years away, of course, but at least I, I, I felt I should make the commitment and just sign up and, and That's great. go from there. At least it gives me a starting point to get going. Absolutely. A, it, you've told it yourself you're, you're serious about something now, and you've yeah. committed to it. And it, it doesn't not to say that if something comes up, you could change your plans and do something else. Obviously, you can do that. But having that firmed up to where you can start making plans to actually get here, I think, is a really important step. Anything else on yeah, your mind and, tonight, Scott? Uh, that's it. I, I have a thing I'll, I'll call another time and talk about it. Great. Thanks for the call Thanks. tonight. Thank you for Thank signing, you. Scott. Yep. Thank you. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, it's been a pretty good week for the Free State Project, hasn't it, Mark? I mean, there's been, at least the last couple of weeks, there have been a hit piece, a couple of hit pieces uh, published against it, which must mean that it's effective. Yeah. I mean, if they're, hitting, if they're uh, publishing hit pieces against you, you know that they it, think you're a threat. All publicity is good publicity, pretty much. That's so. how I feel about it. So that happened within the last couple of weeks, and then uh, Jason Sorens got on the Freedom Watch show this week, and I think he did a great job promoting the Free State Project, and they might even invite him back for more promotion of the Free State Project. So it's our favorite solution, and we're always asking you for yours. If you've got a better idea, we'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. In the meantime, we will continue with what we started the hour with. That is 50 things every 18-year-old should know. And number three is compound interest is your friend. Saving even a relatively small percentage of your income each year starting at 18 can leave you in a much better shape by the time you're ready to retire. Yeah. Number four, if you're working with someone who can be bargained down on a price, it seldom hurts to try. The exceptions may be someone of exceptional talent, someone you're going to have to work with on a regular basis, or someone whose help you're going to need in a timely manner. Never hurts to haggle if you think you can get a lower price. I mean, if you're if you're at a uh, 
a corporate store that's run by some corporate head office, like a, a Best Buy, odds are good you're not going to be able to that's haggle anywhere, yeah. a dollar off the you know the pack of DV tapes you're buying. Uh, but if you're at a mom and pop store, you never know. It never it never and, hurts to ask. And Craigslist for sure, haggle on Craigslist. Oh yeah, classifieds, <laughs> garage everybody. sales. Garage yeah, everyone sales. marks things way uh, up for the purpose of haggling on there. You get on there and you go, that price isn't right. Mm-hmm. You, you can go way down. You know, if there's something that you want uh, and you uh, you're concerned that you're not going to get it. You can make an offer and just see what happens. If you don't lowball too much, they won't be insulted when you come back la- and you could come back later and pay them their full price. But if you make that offer, the worst they can do is say no. And you so, know what puts you in a really good position for any kind of negotiation is don't let yourself get into a desperate situation. Yeah. yeah. If you have got to have a car because you have to start work the next day Tomorrow, or something, you are going to spend too much on a car. I, yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah, I got screwed in that situation. Um, and and another thing is, is I I think when when bargaining, one needs to realize that uh, uh, people have a certain value for the things that they have, and mm-hmm. if you go too low, you can uh, you, you can anger the person. They'll so be it insulted, depends. Yeah, yeah. It it depends on how much do you need the thing that you have there. I mean, right. uh, you know, how, how how many of them are are there out there? If it's a car and there's three of them that you're looking at. Yeah, lowball them and see who comes up uh, the lowest. Right. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Um, if it's three of them and all things are remain equal, then you know, lowball them and see what see what happens. But if it's you know, if if it's like the the, the one of a kind thing, well, you don't want to go too low because then the person um, is going to have a bad feeling about you. Right. So one of the uh, my, one of my more recent examples of doing this is at a, a garage sale in the neighborhood. I went there. There was a little folding uh, coffee table thing that looked uh, pretty decent and. Price was a little bit too high. I think they wanted like 80 bucks for it or something like that or something pretty uh, expensive. And I offered them, I think it was like 20 because it's a garage sale. And <laughs> I'm not going to give you a lot of money for this thing. So I offered them 20 bucks. I lowballed. That's a pretty big lowball. Like that's way low compared to their asking price. And they said no. So I turned around and walked away and then came back three hours later. And it happened to be right when they were wrapping up the garage sale. They were lifting up some of the furniture to put it into a truck. I said, hey, did you buy that to the guy that was lifting it up? No, I'm taking it out to wherever. I forget where they were taking it. Mm-hmm. might have been the dump, but, uh, t- you know, taking it away. Oh, well, you know, I, how about 20 bucks for it? Then all of a sudden their tune changed about what uh, they wanted to take for that, that item. So and it a helped few hours that you were, you were able to walk away. Exactly. You didn't be like, oh, i got to have that table. So being in a position that you can walk away and uh, having other options is great. Like right now the housing market, you can yeah. walk away. Trust yes. me. You yeah. find a better deal. It's a buyer's right. market. Now's, so haggle. Now's the time absolutely <laughs> yeah. to haggle low for Lowball on a house. And if, you don't, if they don't think you're lowball. Move on if you want, or try you know a little higher. But you know, and another thing I would say, lowball a bunch of them. Yeah, the, the, don't, don't worry about the, the house you want. Get the house that's going to give you the most equity, and then uh, when you know the housing market comes back for the money, then right. you can sell it and uh, get the house you want, and you'll have made five figures. Yeah, get a great deal on a house. It's the time to do it. And the other thing from the other side of that garage sale, I was at a garage sale one time, and this is something I kind of learned in retrospect. I looked back on it, and I wished I had handled it differently. I kind mm-hmm. of. Knee-jerk reaction, I kind of took someone's offer when it was really too low because I was like, oh, well, I don't know if I'll sell it. So I told – one way to do that, if you're, or if it's early in the day and someone's really haggling and lowballing you on, a, on an item, say, 
well, come back, and you don't think it's you think it's going to be a popular item. Say, well, I'll tell you what, we'll we'll start negotiating on prices after after so and so time yeah, today. Yeah, come back later. Take your chance. It may not be there. Right, and then they'll decide. Well, I don't want to take a chance. Yeah, oh, if yeah, you're already offering more. a good price on it, it's then cr- maybe they should take it. It's you called know? creating a sense of urgency. Yep. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. More tips on living coming up here in moments, and you can share your stories, your thoughts, additions. 800-259-9231 or bring up whatever's on your mind. Hour 2 is on the way and this is Free Talk Live. These are challenging times. Inflation, job security, political and financial uncertainty affect us all. Now more than ever, it's important to review your life insurance needs should something happen to you. Experts agree. Most families should have life insurance protection of 10 times their income. The great news is life insurance rates have never been this low. When you call Termco, Gil Edwards will tell you how affordable term life insurance can be. Gil specializes in saving people money on top-rated term life insurance. Find out if you're paying too much or if you don't have enough. Ask about the new return of premium plans, which return your entire premium back to you after 20 or 30 years, tax-free, guaranteed. Your family's protected either way. Get the best coverage with Termco at the lowest possible rate. Call Termco for a free no-obligation quote. Call 800-493-7712. 800-493-7712. That's 800-493-7712. Talk Live, and we're launching in, uh, launching in to hour number two of the show, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. And freetalklive.com is the site. We continue taking your phone calls, plus throughout the program tonight, we'll be talking about the 50 things every 18-year-old should know. And probably some of these will be things you wish you had known when you were 18 as well. Uh, we continue with your calls about whatever you want. It's Dan in Maine. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Oh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Dan? Uh, calling from your neighbor's state. Um, first of all, I think that probably it'd be better if we did have the Navy guarding these uh, pirate, you know, these merchants other than sitting around Iraq and Afghanistan. I don't even know what they do over there, but... It might be superior, however, I don't think that it's the American people's uh, problem to have to uh, fund the uh, you know freedom of the seas out in India either. I th- well, uh, I mean, if some of our boats, I mean, we used to... No, 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 no they they're boats. not my boats. How much, uh, how, how much did, uh, have they given you a ride on one of your boats? I'm sorry. Well, that's not quite what I'm getting at. It's just <laughs> American boats. And we okay, so, so oh, I get it. So the people that steal money from you in Washington, D.C. have lent their flag to the people that have these that own these boats. Well, I mean, it's better than sitting around Afghanistan. How about this? Uh, instead, just an idea, right? Like, they have this technology. This It's, it's a little water cannon that shoots. Um, it's an incredible amount of water. It's oh, full, yeah, the thing that can cut with water, right? It, well, it's not, not this one. This one, <laughs> this one specifically. That one's pretty good, too. Yeah, it is. Um, this one is a non-deadly weapon, but it will shoot <laughs> 1,400 gallons of water a minute. It's an incredible volume of water. They can mount it on the side, side of one of these ships and control it. it, it it'll pump seawater out so you don't even have to uh, you don't even yeah. have to to keep water
water in the boat. Um, you just put a line down to the water, and there's plenty of water there in the ocean. A lot of ammo for cheap. Yep, like yep. That. And uh, then the captain or whomever. And you get around the weapons laws, right? In the right, it, it's not a weapon. Yeah. It's it's a defensive weapon, and because you really can't use it offensively. Um, and then the captain or whomever in the cockpit or whatever. That's a good whatever. idea. And I mean, it'll shoot water a football field in a uh, distance for at at that fourteen hundred whatever um, gallons per minute speed. So you can fill one of these boats that these pirates are in. Um, it's farther than they can really do anything with an AK-47. Usually they're shooting from ocean level up to a ship, so their 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 line of sight yeah, isn't real would... great. And you can you'll blow a guy right off the uh, the deck if they're out there with a gun. Right. So they would have to go inside the boat. If they continue to bother you, you can fill the Sink boat with the water. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I wanted to I wanted to say something else too. Um, You've converted it, Mark. Congratulations. Yeah, that's a great one. There's a, there's a thing going around here with a lot of these hippies. They're, they're saying that they want to legalize marijuana, and then they want to tax it. And I'm thinking, dude, well, why do you want to pay taxes on it? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm with you, you man. Just, selling it, just legalize you know, it. Just de- yeah, decriminalize it. Yeah, let's legalize it, sell it, take the money, and spend it in the marketplace like, like pot dealers already do to you help nailed the it. economy out. Thanks, so, Dan, for the call tonight. Good call. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, however, I'm of the opinion that if we do see it legalized within the next few decades, which I believe we will, that you'll see it taxed. I mean, there's just there's no, there doesn't seem to be any way to get around. Yeah, it. I can't imagine why they treat it differently than everything else they they regulate. I and, don't I don't yeah. advocate the taxation. However, I expect to see it. Also, I think that that taxation will be a, a decrease in harm. You won't see people being thrown, you know, bam, families broken apart, people being thrown in prison. Which people, is that's what's happening right, right. now. There's a great deal of harm being done by this war on marijuana. Um, in, inside of you know the the battle on marijuana inside the greater war on drugs and it needs to stop. Yeah, I'd rather pay a little bit of tax on a purchase of marijuana at a storefront than have to go through the the black market channels uh, that will inevitably result in questionable results uh, as far as the product is concerned. And those black markets, of course, are also resulting in, you know, the prohibition is resulting in people going to uh, to jail and having their lives destroyed. I have to wonder, though, if even if they do, like, let's say they, they tax it and you can buy it in a storefront and all that, it's still easy to grow in your basement. So I Will wonder, I can't that? imagine. They'll, they'll prohibit it, but I, would it have the same teeth no. as it does now as an illegal drug? I don't think they will so, prohibit it. You know. you can, have you heard of anybody going to jail for t- growing tobacco? or? St- uh, I think we'll see a liquor? substantial gray market for marijuana yeah. if it ever gets decriminalized. It's just and, and so that's somewhat comforting, I think. 1-800-259-9231. However, I think that if if we get enough liberty-oriented people together into the same place as we are doing with the Free State Project, and we get that sea change uh, paradigm shift that's going to be required to have full decriminalization of not just marijuana but all drugs, I think at that point it shouldn't be that big of a deal to not have it taxed either because we should have the the clout uh, in order to make something like that happen without imposing a new tax or creating some new bureaucracy to handle uh, taxing and regulating marijuana. I mean, obviously, we don't want that. And so I, I hope hope that ad, that liberty-minded people won't be advocating such solutions. I think that yeah, I, I agree. But I mean, you know, who who would want the tax? But it, it, like, it's just sort of the practical route. But but you don't have to put that uh, that proposal forward. If, no. if you're the the individual but who's if, pushing for it, you don't have to push. Understood. For that. But what if you're if you're talking to some politician um, who might be able to see some you know why taxation? That doesn't sound like a terrible idea. Uh, like you, you know what? It's such a 
uh, I don't know, utilitarian point, perhaps, is Mm -hmm. the the term I'm looking for. But I think that the moral argument is far more more powerful. You know, look, uh, if you have enough political persuasion to get these politicians to do something like full decriminalization, then you've got enough political persuasion to say full decriminalization and that's it. No taxes, none of that. This is the right thing to do, and you need to do it if you want to save your next election, if right. you want to get reelected. The taxation thing can only happen on a state level. Um, uh, you know, a town just couldn't legalize marijuana and then tax it. That just doesn't make any sense that they'd be able to get away with that. So it, it's only going to happen on a state level. So 800-259-9231, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Of course, uh, there was good news yesterday in that the marijuana, uh, marijuana thing, the medical marijuana Provisions have passed the New Hampshire State Senate. I mean, I'm not somebody who's a big cheerleader for the political process, but credit credit where credit's due. Uh, the marijuana activists here in New Hampshire have uh, really gotten the uh, gotten the word out and done a pretty good job. And along with that, a couple other pieces of good news. Apparently, there was a gay marriage bill that went yes. through House and Senate. I think it changed. I heard someone say that it had changed between House and Senate, so it has to go back. I think that's the, the same with the marijuana one as okay. well. Okay, uh, but yeah. it's but that's at that point, you know, they've basically approved it. It's just technicalities, I probably. And then uh, the seatbelt law was tabled, I believe. So it can come back and rear its ugly head. It, it likely will. There's uh, yeah. there, there are things going on behind the scenes there that's not oh, done. Boy. However, the uh, gay marriage one is the one most likely to see some problems from the governor. Mm. Well, well, it's still, you know, steps in the right direction, baby steps in the right direction. I still believe that it's going to be the civil disobedience and the non-cooperation that ends up drawing enough people together to the same area to watch and see as the political system then ends up following the popular appeal of things like civil disobedience and, and non-cooperation. I think that's what the, that's what we'll end up seeing happen. But I could be wrong. I agree with you. I think, that I think civil- we're going to have substantial impact on politics from outside of it. Civil disobedience does seem to have some drawing power. I certainly would not uh, disagree with that. Um, I would encourage the civil disobedience that come here to uh, to shed their anger at uh, the you know, the oppressive state. I agree with that. That uh, especially Keene is not a place where uh, an a- anger in the political process does any good. Gandhi wasn't I, angry when he when he was doing his uh, civil disobedience. He loved people. I, I think that's something we are learning a lot and very quickly right now because we have sort of been very sort of confrontational. In your face, which I think is okay. It's like a phase we kind of had to go through. But I think we are learning right now about how to how to send, get our message out there and still be vocal and outspoken, but do it in, in a but learn some tact in how we do it and things like that. Absolutely. And again, it's it's about it's about persuasion. And so practice is necessary. You're going to fall flat on your face a few times, but as long as you're willing to get back up. And apologize and, and move forward and, and continue again coming from a perspective of love and appreciation instead of hate and anger. I think that's going to be the key factor in really making things happen at a rapid pace and having change really be significant. And I think that uh, that'll be good that we're doing that, Dale, because then the, the people that are coming here from around the country will will see Huh, okay, they're doing that and having some success. Well, I'll just start doing that instead of start with the anger and start with the, the vitriol. Yes. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Still to come, more things that every 18-year-old should know. And, of course, your thoughts and comments on whatever you want to discuss. This is Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Free 
Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, freetalklive.com features including the live streams. We've got a broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That is listen.freetalklive.com. And audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles to choose from. Every genre, Audible has it covered. Get yourself a free audiobook download when you sign up today. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's FTL like Free Talk Live. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL to get yourself a free audiobook. And it's been getting rave reviews from people. We had a guy call in the other night say that he thinks that their service is great. You got an Atlas Shrug there. Um, 63-hour long audio incredible. It, well, Atlas Shrugged is a big book, so he uh, he got yeah. and, and it's one that I would have trouble. Uh, I tried reading it at one point, and mm. you know things happen, and I never made it through. Uh, so I think it might be a good idea to try that out. So is that unabridged? Uh, yeah, sounds like yes. they oh, are. I don't, I don't know. Is that sixty three <laughs> hours? I don't even know if that's enough to cover Atlas Shrugged. Well, but. I know that I uh, when I read The Market for Liberty, I read that as an audio book, and you can download that at our website at book.freetalklive.com. Uh, dot com. But I remember when I was doing that, I looked at the total length after I was done, and that book is, a, I think it's about 175 pages, and it turned into six hours. Okay. So 63 hours, that's a lot yeah, of pages. Yeah, you're right. 1-800-259-9231. If you want to chime in here on the 50 things every 18-year-old should know, you're welcome to, or bring up whatever you want. Number five, try to keep enough cash to pay your bills for at least six months in reserve. It will make your life immeasurably easier if your car breaks down or you have a surprise medical expense yep. or if you get an opportunity to get a fantastic bargain. That is something I live by, having a buffer zone yeah. of cash, having a buffer zone of not just uh, cash on hand but also uh, you know money in the bank, something that's liquid, something that's easy for you to access and use if you need it, but that you have the discipline to not spend. I mean, this all of this is about discipline, right? Financial intelligence... Some of the things we've covered so far here tonight about finances, credit cards, all that, it's all about financial discipline and being able to have your paycheck come in and successfully put a certain amount of it away and not, and not touch it unless something emergency like they're talking about here comes up. And the fact is, from what I've seen, from the stories I've heard, from the numbers I've heard, most Americans don't have that ability. They have not practiced it. They don't have it. And to some extent in our society, money is freedom. And if you want to be free to make decisions, and I'm not talking about necessarily to do with the government, but if you know being forced by your circumstances, as it were, to make certain decisions, if you live paycheck to paycheck, you don't have that freedom. If you have a certain buffer, you do. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if you look at the people who, even right now, people who are really able to do a lot of activism, and mm-hmm. I, I keep hearing all the time the the status who are getting frustrated with us because we're 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 constantly showing up and being active and stuff. They're like, don't these people have jobs? Yes, <laughs> and we I hear think that a lot. That, yeah, it's just that people, a lot of us who have come here have made arrangements so that we can work for ourselves or we can work more flexibly and have worked arrangements with employers and things like that. And so a lot of them, and I think a lot of being able to be frugal and Use your money wisely means you could also live better on less 
and maybe have more freedom that way. Maybe you don't have to work as hard or something so that you can and, – and, and depending on what you're looking for in life, whatever your personal goals are, that might make you a lot happier than a lot of money. Just having a flexible lifestyle and free time and maybe you're not bi- into big toys and fancy cars and having a big house that's really – that takes a long time to clean and a big yard to mow. Maybe you want a smaller house that's Keep it simple. easier to heat and that you don't have to spend as long cleaning and, and whatever your lifestyle is, maybe that's plenty for you and then that lets you have more freedom. So. Yep. A lot of advantages uh, to having a smaller house. And one thing I found is that in Sarasota, I felt uh, much uh, more uh, – I was compelled and uh, much uh, more uh, more to have a larger house and have uh, more of the, the toys, the nice car. Keeping the up with like the Joneses. That. I didn't even know that that was affecting me, right? I really? Didn't, you know, I didn't. I absolutely had no idea that that was an effect. How did you come to the conclusion that it was? Now? Yeah, how did you realize, if you didn't know it was affecting you, how did you My realize it was? My house was 1,700 square feet in Florida. It's uh, 800 square feet here. Um, I drove a uh, black sports convertible mm-hmm. in Florida. I drive a uh, 93 Dodge Shadow <laughs> with peeling paint here. Um, my life is... Better, uh, at least in, you know, in, better in some ways. You know, I, really? I, I don't good. eat uh, sushi at lunch all the time. Well, we were but, just talking and, and about wear how you get shirts to... and that kind of thing, and have uh, you know, uh, girls chasing me around. But I'm married, and I don't need. I just don't need the things like I. We do. were just talking about how you get to spend so much time with your wife and child, yep. and how valuable is that? Right. And, and how, how is, can you put a price on that? People constantly <laughs> tell me that this is the magic time with your kid. They grow up so fast, and that's what they mean. Yeah. They mean that this time. And it it is really special. You're either there, yep. you're not. Yep, Jack is. Uh, you know, I mean, I get to watch him grow and learn every day, and he's essentially a a very interesting pet. Mm. You know, because he's not he's not a full fledged human being yeah. yet. He he doesn't speak. He doesn't uh, you know go out and work or any of those things. He um. So I mean, I just find him very interesting, and I like sometimes when I'm doing my work, I'll stop. I'll walk upstairs and for 10 minutes I'll play with I'll, th- I'll wrestle with Jack and throw him on the bed and do all the stuff that he really likes to do and then and then I give him back to his mom and I go back downstairs and I go back to work and it's it's a really great way to live yeah absolutely and you know, I was just thinking, and now that I brought it up, when they, you know, when the bureaucrats say, "What don't they have jobs?" I've heard that a couple of times now, and and and, and it occurred to me that that they they they're well aware, and partly because they're taxing the crap out of everyone, mm-hmm. they're well aware that people are. In change to their jobs well, th- and the are- money that they have to have to live these extravagant lifestyles that we live in America, and so that's and they and they're counting on that. Yeah, but you're not going to want to fight them on, and go to court over a traffic ticket or or whatever. They don't you're- have time. Even if they wanted to to uh, to go and do those things, they don't have time because they're so darn busy paying that's the taxes exactly and paying it. all and their the, bills. And, and that's why they're so shocked when we are we don't seem to be restrained in that same way. We're willing to go and fight well, this stuff and even and call them out us, on it. You know, even for those of us that do have traditional jobs and. There are a number of activists that have traditional jobs. I would still say the majority of them do. But of those who do, because their hobby is liberty, that's why these people still get upset. That you know, it's usually drive-bys. Usually, if we're out at a sign waving or something like that, some jerk will you know drive by and get a job. job! Uh, Why don't you have any jobs? And you know, so I think that. that basically the people that do have the jobs are using their hobby and their free time, essentially, and spending that on liberty. And that really bothers the status because they would much rather you have the hobby of, you know, drinking a lot or having the hobby of watching television or having the hobby of playing a bunch of uh, video games to where you couldn't actually get out and do these things. They would much prefer that situation. Well, you know, th- let's, let's not forget, you know, we're, we're creating camps here with those bureaucrats are saying that. And it's, um, remember that these people... 
people are only one step up in the slavery rung from you. You're right. They're local and people. They have they pay the same taxes that you pay, and it's the burden. And likely they earn since they earn more, they pay a larger amount of taxes. The the chain is tighter around their neck, so they they have the same problems, and they just can't look at their life and see how you have that kind of time. Well, you know that's that's so that's what their their issue is. And the fact is that they don't understand that the taxes create the chain around their neck, and they just need to be shown. And, and Ian's right. He clarifies some things for me. Sometimes I speak quickly, but that it is often the drive-bys, and there are a lot. Most of the liberty activists that I know do have jobs and such. Uh, oh, I've, so. I've heard, heard the politicians say just what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. More things every 18-year-old should know or whatever you want to talk about. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's in here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us, including updates. We'll get you, uh, keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. If you're on the updates list, go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Dot com. We continue with your phone calls about whatever you want, and still to come here, uh, more things every 18-year-old should know about. Let's first uh, start by talking to Dave in Nevada. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm a new listener here, actually, just today to your show. And, and Welcome. I, I think you, thank you. I think you just summed it up. As I was calling to find out what your show's all about, actually. It's whatever you want it to be about, Dave. Whatever I want it to be about. I just happen to be sitting here with the... Uh, on my West Coast 5:30 news time here, and uh, what do y'all think about these uh, car bailouts? What? Automakers. <laughs> I, I would have to say that uh, I think that any company that uh, you know and somehow mismanages itself, whether it's through uh, you know paying too much to the union or whether the union managed to to hustle them or whatever it is, um, or you know whatever reason their company is is being uh, uh, you know going out of business, I think that those people should be responsible for the actions that they made, and their company should go out of business, and then. Yeah, the other auto manufacturers will snatch up that discounted uh, merchandise out there. Or and, other investors. Yeah. Yep, and, and somebody will either start a new car company or uh, use those factories. Those factories still make cars, whether GM is doing it or Chrysler is doing it or not. Um, so... Yeah, let somebody who knows how to market them correctly or make them correctly right. or whatever. Wait, I, I sure as hell is. don't want the government to be... The owners of car companies. That's oh really, really scary. Yeah, but scary. that's a reality. That is that is happening, and that's yes. going to happen, though. It is, well, yeah. It, 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 that's kind of fatalistic to say it's going to happen. It did happen because the American people allowed it to happen. Well, you have a point there. Uh, but how about this? These, uh, GM and Chrysler obviously are in uh, a trouble, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but... Uh, uh, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars for a new truck. A working man just can't afford that kind of money. No way. Okay. I can't afford that. I can't. Okay, now they've got all these millions of cars and trucks sitting on lots and in you know big parking lots and everything else mm -hmm. uh, that they're not going to sell. 
why not just really discount the heck out of them just to move them? Well, if you'll they, see that eventually. If they went out of business, uh, you know, that's that's what bankruptcy is going to do. It's going to liquidate their uh, their assets and then pay off their you know the their debtor, the people that they owe money to. Yeah, you that's think it really was what's right supposed for... to happen. I mean, we should be having a deflationary uh, cycle, at the, and we are. I mean, uh, just not. It's they're they're sort of trying to interfere with that. But that deflationary cycle could benefit a lot of people who normally save their money and are and are frugal and smart about you know, and all the people who are doing really bad money management, both companies and individuals. Uh, you know, they're the ones that should be paying the price for their for their for their you know their extravagant lifestyles beyond their means. And things like that, and all these people who are saving money and living within their means, they should be able to go out and get some really good bargains on trucks and things like that, that because they've they've yep. been smart about it. Dave, other thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was just thinking that I, I'm still trying to figure out how uh, the uh, the administration uh, was allowed to fire a CEO. Well, at that point, they're the major stockholder, right? Didn't no, no. Didn't they recommend he yes. step down or something like that? And then he basically did, as uh, as they were saying, they were replacing. From what I understood, uh, they they were replacing board members on the the board of directors. So you know, slow takeover. And to answer your question more specifically, it's because of obedience. The answer is Americans are very obedient to the state, and they've been obedient for a long time, so the state uh, knows that it can pass whatever rules and regulations that, uh, that it uh, deems appropriate, and the Americans will follow right along. No matter how detrimental those rules and regulations and those taxes are to their business or their way of life, they'll follow it till the, you know, the bitter end. And so because of that, uh, because of that uh, attitude of obedience in Americans, whenever Americans want to go about doing their business, they go and they check and see, well, how do I do this legally. I want to make sure I do this right. So then they start looking into uh, starting a corporation and obeying all the regulations and getting licenses. And when you ask for, or when you ask the government to give you a corporation, Dave, you're essentially saying, okay, government, I'm willing to do whatever it is you tell me to do in return for this uh, corporation, which is basically a a protection uh, scheme for individuals that run a company. And in return for that, you'll do whatever it is they demand. And so if the government says, we're taking you over... That's what they say. Right, Dave. I mean, imagine for a second that all your neighbors from, uh, you know, from the, 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 the three or four blocks surrounding your house came to you every time they were going to do something, whether they were going to build a building or whether they were going to start a business or, you know, they just decided to come to you and ask if it was okay. At first, you'd probably say, sure, go ahead. <laughs> but after a while, you're like, huh, these gullible people. Yeah, that's going to cost you 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then the price is going to go up he, he as people continue it. to ask. <laughs> no, right? 50 bucks and fill out this form. Yeah. We need some information. And I guarantee you, as soon as even a small number, a relatively small number of people, a minority of people, just stop being obedient, it will jam the system. Like It will be such a wrench in the Absolutely. system. Absolutely. Well, when you say stop being, being obedient, I mean, for instance, are you in, in, in which way? In other words, like, you know, we're not paying our taxes this year, or, or uh, I mean, there are millions a lot of people, people out here with these mm-hmm. tea parties that didn't really seem to accomplish anything. That's correct. No, I wouldn't expect the tea parties to accomplish anything. That was just political. That was political campaigning. It's a good place to start. But, but that, what, that what, was what part of the political campaigning. Deal? I would say, uh, no, yes, absolutely. Stop paying your taxes and stop obeying the regulations as well. Tell, so do where do you think start fighting every ticket, is. every ticket that they start that they hand out now frivolously in order to in order to just collect revenue from people and and in order to constantly enforce obedience? Start fighting every one of them and 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 if they and if you lose it, say well I'm st- I'm not going to pay it and start and a business go, without know. a license. 
You know, so where people do you are think, doing uh, it, and it's making ripples already. Where do you think the line in the sand is uh, eventually going to be for the American people when they're tired of taking it in the shorts? What, what do you think is going to be the trigger? It's on that? different for everybody. It's hard to say. For me, it was a long time ago uh, when I found out that the government was throwing people in uh, prison cells for having a, a bit of plant material in their pocket or some chemical. Uh, that that was my line in the sand. Uh, for other people, it's going to be elsewhere. I don't know if there is going to be one big massive line that's going to affect a large amount of people. But if you ever figure it out, let us know. And Dave, thank well, you for the call tonight. We got to move on, but I appreciate hearing from you and call us back anytime. Let's continue with uh, James in Louisiana. James, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hey, hello. Hey, James. What's on your mind tonight? All right. Um, Ian, Dale, and Mark, I just want to say you guys are doing a great job. Um, I got, had a question from Mark. I wanted to ask him if I could be one of his minions. Oh, my <laughs> God. He doesn't he need so more many. minions. He's got too many already. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, um, my, it's my opinion that, uh, that man, somewhere like 80 or 90% of the listenership probably agrees with me. It's just we're kind of the silent types that uh, aren't quite so vocal as Ian's minions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I, have I, minions. I, I and that out. is why you will fail. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Go ahead, James. I wanted to, to ask... Uh, if I could do like some sort of internship type stuff with him. Oh, um, what uh, what, what kind of internship do you want to do? Um, I well, my strong strong point is writing. So if you need me to write anything or something like that, I could do that. Well, tell you what, uh, send me an email at marketfreetalklive.com. And, yeah, we don't uh, really have time okay. to in- interview interns. Yeah, we'll talk. Uh, we'll, sure. we'll talk about uh, what we can do. Okay? Anything else on your mind okay, tonight, James? Email. All right, thank you. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Mark, 800. MarketFreeTalkLive.com. Yes, 1-800-259-9231. More things that every 18-year-old should know. Number six, dogs are fantastic animals. They deserve to be called man's best friend, but if you're under the impression that you just need to buy a collar and a bag of dry dog food every month and you're set, you're in for a rude awakening. Yes. Dogs tend to be much more expensive and time-consuming than you would think. Yes. Oh, my God. My rats are more expensive than I thought. I really? thought rats would be a nice, cheap pet. And, and they could have been, but once you have a pet, I learned yes. you want to spend money on it because Is your you, first pet? You, uh, no, but uh, in a, since I was a kid, I see. Since okay. I was like, quite so a small kid, and it wasn't my responsibility. Yeah, it's my first pet as an adult, and you, I you spent like you know I spent over a hundred dollars on them in a the month or so. And <laughs> I think I'm kind of set for the big stuff now that I need, but it's fun. I'm sure dogs are far more than oh, that. Yeah. yeah, my dog. Uh, we just got a dog recently, and the dog has been significantly more costly than any of any cat has ever been for me so if i think and i think a cat is a perfect male uh, animal because yeah you don't have that not that much care involved more on the way here 800-259-9231 dogs are bad enough uh, as far as just your own finances but one of the things you don't want to do is push a dog on somebody else never buy an animal as a gift for somebody unless they know you're going to it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live, your show. You dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Head over to uh, to wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Termco Life Insurance Agency. They're protecting your family against financial loss due to an untimely death. Call 
800-493-7712. That's 800-493-7712. And maybe you had life in, have life insurance, but it hasn't been updated in a while, and you've, uh, oh, I don't know, added kids or wife or, you know, whatever. They can take care of that, too. 800-493-7712. Termco Life Insurance. So we continue taking your phone calls, and we'll talk to Steve in South Carolina. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Steve. Hi, guys. Hey, you're on the air. Hi, guys. Um, hi, Ian, Dale, and Mark. What is on your mind, Steve? Well, you know, Free Talk Live uh, talks about anything you want to talk about, but Tuesday was Freak Talk Live. What do you mean? Oh, come on. Pam was bipolar. <laughs> she did take her lithium. Okay, you're referring to a kind of a crazy, well, a pretty crazy, well, really crazy caller that we had on Tuesday night. Uh, what about it, Steve? What do you have to say? Uh, man, you know, it's, it's free talk live, not freak talk live. I mean, we love it when the crazies how, call how can in. We, uh, first off, how would we keep her off? Well, you know, there wasn't a conversation. <laughs> she was just hammering you guys. Yeah. Are you it telling was- me that you were not entertained by that crazy lady? Because I sure was. Well, I mean, you know, Jesus is in Australia, and it's Michelle Knight. Dot you can't make that stuff up, I, man. I love that stuff. I usually eat that stuff up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, you can't make everybody happy if it wasn't up your alley. Sorry. What else is on your mind? It's no big deal. Uh, Mark. Yes. When you smoke your cigars, and you don't smoke at all, and when you put it out, you should exhale right before you put it out so that the smoke doesn't, you know, just stay in the cigar, and you're going to get a bad taste when you relight it. Oh, I see. Well, um, I, I don't have that problem because I uh, do smoke that thing smoke all the, the way whole down thing. every time. But uh, <laughs> I, I have heard that uh, that you want to blow the because uh, it does taste bad bad when you uh, you know relight a cigarette or a cigar, and certainly everybody who smokes has done that at some point in their life, and it, it's just it's yucky. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, that's what I learned from smoking cigars. Um, and the third thing is, you were talking about the water hose. What is eleven hundred? Gallons of water per minute. I thought it was 1,400, but okay. 1,400 in the spray against the pirate? Yeah. Well, Fox News reported this morning that uh, on the MSC Melody, which is a cruise ship, that when Rollins was on his 62nd birthday standing on the deck and saw a speedboat coming toward the cruise ship, and he pretty much knew it was a pirate ship, and... How he uh, thwarted them was to throw a deck chair at them. Nice. And they decided to turn around and go away. <laughs> wow. Yeah. A deck chair? It's something, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're going to be going up against someone who's going to fight back, it's something that's going to scare away those guys, right? Yeah, they want they pushovers. Just, they just weren't counting on anybody responding to them. Or they actually... want people who are going to be uh, oh, very obedient. To, you know, They're going to be frightened of them. And if people are going to fight back and refuse, it goes back to refusing the, the government. I mean, if you refuse the uh, to be obedient, they have a real tough time with you. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the pirates. If you refuse to obey in their demands then you're not going to be playing into their plans. They're not going to really know how to handle that. Thanks right. for the, well, yes, go ahead. If you've got deck chairs raining down on you, uh, you, you might want to second think what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, who knows what will be uh, raining down if you actually manage to make it to the ship. All right, guys. Thanks for the call tonight, Steve. 
And they should allow these these boats to. I think they should allow these boats to to be armed anyway. Yeah, arm up. That's the problem in the first place. I think that well, I they they being every uh, country that has a port, and that's a problem. But these uh, these water cannons really do afford a great deal of help because that's the the biggest problem on the open seas. If there wasn't uh, you know something called the United States Navy out there uh, thwarting them on a regular basis, would be piracy. However, water cannons like these would uh, you know would be uh, you know great defense and a few of them. Mount one on the front, one on the back, one on the yeah. sides. With these big ships, uh, a lot of these, you know, most uh, most of these big ships, the cargo ships, you know, they're they're so high that the pirates uh, really can't see the cockpit anyway to be be able to right. take a take a shot at the captain necessarily. So these uh, th- these water cannons, honestly, the remo- little remote controls with little cameras, and they're out of there. They, these guys, those guys don't have a chance. Yeah, if it you can't. Seems- it seems in a big ship like that, there'd be it'd be almost impossible to hit anyone if, once they knew the pirates were there and shooting. Unless you caught people off guard, it seems like it would be so easy to take cover that where you wouldn't be able to be shot. But I don't know. Toll free eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Things every eighteen year old should know. We've been going through them all night here. And if you want to add in or share your stories, you're welcome to or bring up whatever you want. Number seven: Don't have any children or get married until you can support and love yourself first. You should know yourself as well. I mean, you kind of have to know yourself to love yourself, I think. But, uh, but if you don't know who you are and you don't know what you want and you don't appreciate yourself, then how could you possibly spend time and appreciate uh, somebody else? How could you have a, a healthy relationship if you barely know? I mean, if you've just gotten out of high school, for instance, as so many people do, they get together at some, with somebody else at age 19 or something that's probably really good advice on an emotional level and there's also the practical side of it i I wish i knew the i could i could wish i could remember the exact statistic but there's something about poverty and they say the three the the people who are poverty stricken for their entire lives the vast majority of them fit into one of these categories they either uh they said don't don't get married until you graduate high school and don't have a kid until you get married and those two factors right there uh like the vast majority of the people who are poverty stricken for their entire lives are one of the one or one or those two things. They either you know they, so had, they, a, they had a child you know yeah or both. I don't think you're really going to be great if you uh, just get out of high school then get married. I mean that's not going to be good either. I'm just saying statistically that's yeah, actually a huge difference. Yeah, well I mean you know that's why <laughs> that's why they have uh, you know the terminology for dinks dual income no kids. Um, you know, that's a it's you know they it's the uh, the the heterosexual version of gay people. They don't have kids um, they, like they, me and Julia, right? Actually, dink applies to gay people too. It's the same idea. I guess it would be yeah. Dual income, no kids. I, I'm sitting here on the heterosexual side of the table, so I'm, I'm thinking about it that in that manner. But um, yeah, it's it's you know the, those are the those are the people the marketers go after. It's because they got money. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So yeah, be patient. I mean, if somebody great comes along right after high school, get to know them and, you know, be together with them and have a relationship. Just don't get knocked up and hold off on the marriage thing. What's the rush? I understand, you know, a lot of girls in America want to have their day, but your day is going to be just as good when it's a few years from now, isn't it? Make sure you're making the right decisions. It's just so it's so sad when you see what are essentially and I think it's Julia that uh, that put it this way. Kids having kids. And I'm sure she got it from somebody else. But essentially, kids who have never really grown up, because we live in this society where young people are encouraged to stay childlike for as long as possible. So a lot of these guys, uh, guys and girls getting out of high school are not really that much more mature than they were at you know, age 11. And they, they are just not ready for the adult world necessarily. And they certainly aren't ready for the world of 
marriage and children. I mean, you don't even have the ability to create significant wealth for yourself yet. A lot of kids out of high school, most of them are working at the low-end, low-rung, minimum-wage-slash-low-level jobs, and that's not something you can afford to, to, to raise a family on. I mean, Mark, you're in your mid-30s and relatively successful, and it's not an easy task for you to have a family. At this point, no, it's not. Um, you know, I mean, I'm no longer a dink, and I can, you know, I'm no longer driving a little black sport convertible sports car. And uh, you know, I, I, I had a 1,400 square foot house with uh, three cars at one point, and I was single. So yeah, I mean, you know, kids, kids, and the family, and all that stuff. It uh, it affects uh, it affects income. It's not all about only, patience and discipline. It's not only the kid, the the clothing and the food and and the uh, the doctors that uh, kids require, but don't forget, there's all the care. Um, if if Laura was working, she'd have to, you know, pay for childcare, take time off to take the kid to the doctor, and all those other things. Currently, she's a stay-at-home mom, but you know, th- those those things cost, and they cost big. Yeah, a lot of people can't make that stuff work, and they end up going on welfare, or they go back to uh, mom and dad, or grandma and grandpa, whatever case, and they have uh, then they put responsibilities on them, and it's just it's just such a mess. It's so sad to see it. It is. I like I said, I was raised with frugality, uh, as that was the big word. You know, my mom was that way, and she raised me the same way. And I remember, and when I was in high school, I hear stories about people having kids unexpectedly in high school mm. and i was already stressed out in high school yeah. and the thought of that just terrified me and i and i'm glad for that fear that i had you know uh, yeah i can't even imagine adding a kid to my life i can't even imagine the additional uh level of responsibility the amount of extra even time. now yeah yeah even now with uh, with my flexible schedule and the life that uh, the lifestyle that i live it could probably be done. A lot of people have done it with less, but I wouldn't want to. It'd be awful. Well, I didn't imagine having a child in my life. Didn't want one, but I can tell you now that I do have one, it's the greatest thing I've ever. But it wasn't a surprise either, Mark. No, no we, we planned, planned this. It. All right, more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Hour three is on the way. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Free Talk Live, it's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we roll here into hour number three of the program. And tonight joining you, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free. Enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And the point of the show is for you to call in and bring up whatever you want. Outside of that, we'll bring up things interesting to us. And something we don't do too often, but whenever it comes up, I sure do enjoy the hell out of it, is talking about life kind of topics. Topics about how to improve one's life. Uh, Topics on making things better for you. And on a day-to-day basis. And tonight we've been sharing uh, 50 things that every 18-year-old should know. But this is something that everybody should know. Whether you're 50 or 18 or however old you are, these are really important principles and ideas that can help you save money and live a more comfortable and enhanced and positive and and good life. And I, I... And if you're well past 18, then you're long overdue for knowing these things. Absolutely. (laughs) And it's never too late to implement any of it. Yeah. Right? 
So we're going to continue with this list, and of course you're welcome to chime in, add in your thoughts, your stories, uh, your ideas, 800-259-9231. We're on number eight. Uh, don't trade your vehicle in on a new one just a couple of years after buying it. Pay it off and ride it until the wheels fall off, all while putting that car payment in the bank. Yeah. It's Someone a- tell my sister this. Absolutely true. You do not need a brand new she car. She didn't pay attention to mom. She's over 18, and she needs to know this. Speak up, please. She, uh, she's over 18, yeah. and she needs to know this. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, I mean, I, it amazes me that there are people out there that do keep up it, re-upping their car every few years, and I guess if you're just loaded, then it's no big deal. I mean, if you've got all kinds of money where it's no, you know, you can buy a car with cash and yeah, it's no skin off your back, then that this does not apply to you, right? But I don't think most people are that way when they're going out buying cars. No. I, I had a, my friend would make would joke about how his parents would get a new car almost every year, and these were nice cars. I saw them like the mom and the dad; they each had their own cars, and they'd get a new one almost every year. Wow! And they were paying cash. They were, That's I guess, amazing. they were trading in and paying that they didn't have a car payment. I think they they had already owned right. their home. They it's, um, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, yeah. there's there's nothing wrong with that. But buying a new car to me is a rich person's uh, venture. That's it. That's exactly. All. Yeah. I, I'm kind of jealous that they were able to just pay cash and have new cars every year, but. I wouldn't have spent the money that way, but apparently that's what made them happy. So. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, nothing wrong with n- nice but, cars. I, I, uh, but doing I, it in debt is a very bad idea. One time at a uh, at a photo shoot, I got to drive a Maybach, uh, which is a handmade Mercedes. Uh, this is this is the thing that make is better than a Mercedes. Mercedes is okay. high end, premium, handmade car. Why is a handmade car better than a machine made car? Because they say it is, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> because it has a TV and the the seat. It's the labor and, theory of value, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was it was really sweet. And by drive it, I mean move it from one parking place <laughs> to another. And it's you know it's really sweet to drive those those nice nice vehicles. But yeah, you know it, that that's a rich man's venture. Even if it's even if it's just a regular new car, as far as I'm concerned, I totally let somebody agree. at the very least let somebody drive it for two years and then take take that uh, that that premium that new car premium off and then buy it at that level. Yeah, pick it up, uh, check it out, see what's wrong with it, and say and put put a little bit of money into it. Make sure it's still working really well. Right, and you'll save a whole lot of cash. Right, with uh, my my wife has uh, you know we she drives the car, the nice car. She has a, a you know an element a two thousand something element, and uh, you know it's it's got the the airbags and it's you know mechanically and very sound and all that stuff. And I didn't want her with a baby driving out there in something that might break down. Whereas eh, you know the shadow. It's broke down on me before, especially in like three feet of snow and below freezing weather. Right. Yeah. It's just not acceptable. So she has to have a reliable vehicle. It's just no reason to pay that uh, premium. So we got it. It was I think in 2006. We got a 2004. I think it's a 2004. I wonder if that's on the list at some point. We might be jumping ahead to never buy a brand new car by likely one. lightly so. used. Number. We're only up to number nine here. Number nine. College is a lot more work than high school, and your job will be a lot more work than college was. Yeah, pretty basic stuff. Real life isn't like high school. If you're doing a, a real job, yes, it's going to be more than co- work, more work than college. Yes. Number ten. Start looking for a new job before you quit your old job. Seems like common oh sense, God, but yes. apparently it's not. So Especially common. for those if you if you didn't follow the earlier rules and you're living paycheck to paycheck and you don't have oh six gosh. months of savings. Yeah. Well, there's. <laughs> Doubly important. Sometimes you get uh, you, you get mad and steamed and quit, um, mm-hmm. and that's that's bad news. However, I think that there's times to quit on principle, uh, but you know those those times you, you got to be careful. And like Dale said, if you've got that buffer, 
If you've got that cash buffer, then you're going to be able to weather that storm. If all of a sudden you need to quit for whatever reason, you've got the uh, the money on hand to where you can keep supporting yourself while you're looking for a new job, or you could even uproot yourself and move to another location. You've got enough cash to, to handle something like that. If you don't, you're going to have a real tough time. Number 11, don't take any job that only pays commission unless you're either an expert salesman or ready to spend months working without pay to gain the skills you need to become an expert salesman. I, I, I have to disagree. I, I mean, excuse me. Disagree. I, have to, I have to agree. Okay. Um, and I, as an expert salesman, I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to call myself an expert salesman. I, think I would. Anybody, I think you're pretty anyone, darn good at it. Anyone who decides to call themselves an expert salesman is, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, is likely selling uh, sales seminars. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, being a salesperson just means following up and uh, listening to people. That's all yeah. a salesperson does. People imagine that it uh, that for some reason you have mind control, and I often will joke about having. Having limited mind control ability, and well, I do. Well, following up and listening are the two most important things in sales, I think. But you also need to to show uh, your potential client or your prospect how it is that your product or service fits their needs. I sure, think. you have to be knowledgeable in in your product. I think those things are are not quite as easy. You probably make them you make them out to be. It probably seems easy to you because you're really good at it. Well, I use, but, <laughs> I use uh, but I think there's tracking also, software. I can show well anybody more how to than do that. This. Following up, sure, but it's like there's a you know there's a, sort of a there might be a subtle line I think between. Being sort of obnoxious versus following up Absolutely. and being and I've been responsive. Before too. Yeah. So have I. <laughs> right. So and uh, you you need to you need to it, for each person it's different and there's some different rules and you know that kind of thing, but um, I I wouldn't take a commission only position right now. I would expect there to be a building period. Now I'm only going to work in the advertising field because I enjoy I love it, um, and I wouldn't want to do sales in any other field. So, you know, I'm, I, is, I, I don't know what it would be like. So the advertising field, they give you a guarantee generally on whatever period of months. So that's what, I'm going, that's what I would uh, you know, require. Number 12, ideally you should choose something you love to do so much that you would do it for free and find a way to make it into a career. I think this is one of the keystones. Mm, uh, that's my favorite one so far. Yep. I think that I think so many people, you know, you hear so many people who maybe there's something they're really passionate about that they want to do and they'll train for that and they'll plan for that, but then they have their backup in case that doesn't work out and it's like you're planning for failure. And I don't mm. think I think that one of the keys that this is like a life lesson. Listen closely. One of the keys to reaching your full potential is doing something you're passionate about. Mm. And it's and I just I and and not never just reaching up. Right, Never don't give up. up. I mean, if 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 you're passionate about it, then that is where your potential lies and and trust your heart. You know, I um on on that, you know, that's great advice, but I remember being at a point when I wasn't passionate about anything. I think I would think to myself, you know, I'd love to do a job I love doing, but the only thing I can really think of I like is Girls in video games. And neither one of those really make much sense. Strip club? I don't think so. Those aren't exactly the kind of girls I'm talking about here. Mm. And, Have you um, seen Grandma's house? <laughs> Grandma's boy? Oh, Grandma's boy. That was hilarious. <laughs> I have no idea. It that's is. one of the funnier... I, I have it now. It's that's great. one of the funnier recent comedies. And a, lot, a lot of comedies don't do much for me these days. I like more of the older stuff, but uh, that's that's a funny, funny movie. I was, I was dying. Sorry, we've been sidetracked here. Yep. No, I was just Go saying back. that it's, it's not easy to know what exactly it is that you want to do. And I, I don't have any great advice there, but I think that uh, over time it will fall in your lap. That's all I'm saying. Is you know, Be out there and be ready for it. Yeah, it sounds cheesy to say follow your heart, follow your dreams, but really, if you ever want your dreams to come true, how are you going to have that happen if you don't follow them? 
So 1-800-259-9231. You can tell your story about how that worked out for you. And it may take a long time. Nobody's saying here that if you have something that you love to do and you start following that path, that there's going to be some sort of instantaneous uh, payoff. It may take you five years to a decade, uh, maybe longer, before you actually start making a profit or, or making your what you love into a real career that can be a full-time, sustainable thing for you. So you have to be realistic with it as well. 800-259-9231. But if you don't reach for it, you'll never get it. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, we give them away. The bulletin board system is one of those features. Over 450,000 posts, a lot to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com, bbs.freetalklive.com. Jason Osborne, the uh, principal over at SACL CAI, is the uh, well, the largest advertiser sponsor, probably is a better term for Free Talk Live, since uh, you know the, the, with the amount of advertising they do, it's difficult for them to recoup the uh, the kind of uh, money that they they put into Free Talk Live. He he does it for liberty, but if you've got your own business, hey. Maybe you can say thank you by uh, turning over your accounts receivable to uh, Jason Osborne at SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. As we continue here, uh, going through a list of 50 things that every 18-year-old should know. In fact, it's 50 things that everybody who is living a life should know. Number 13. When asking for a salary, always have the figure you want in mind and then ask for significantly more than that number. That way, you may get more of what you want, and even if you don't, you have a better chance of getting the amount you had in mind than if you had blurted it out right off the bat. This is back to the haggling uh, issue of, you know, saying that... Significantly more? uh, Yeah, I don't know what they mean when they say significantly (laughs) more. Probably more like 10 or 20% more, right? I I, Maybe something like that. I I don't know. I mean, I... Having done hiring, if I were looking to hire somebody at $10 an hour and they asked for $20 an hour, I'd be like, well, I, I don't know that what, what we can do for you. This position's for 10 bucks an hour. And then they suddenly go to $10 an hour. Then I'd be like, what? I thought you were worth $20 an hour. I don't know. That sounds very odd to me. So you don't think people should ask for above what uh, what they want to make? I I I I don't know what they you know tw- twice as much as you want to make. I don't think they. I don't know what significantly means. I don't know either. I, I would. I say remember sharing a bunch of. I remember sharing a bunch of tips like this when I was graduating college and I was getting ready to actually seriously pursue a a, a career position. And at that time, I probably would have had a strong opinion on this. It's been a while, and I only had one job that I kept for eight years, mm-hmm. and, and so um, until I started freelancing. So I I uh, I don't really have a, a strong opinion on that. I'm I think not sure other, what's a good thing. To I do. think there's some other factors here that we need to talk to talk about. If it's a job that you desperately need, then I don't think you can do anything of this sort. As far oh, as yeah, that's entirely different. Right. I guess I wasn't really thinking uh, from from that standpoint. If you are a skilled individual and you are in in demand, and right. they need you. Then that's when you can start to really play this uh, this negotiation game. Right. When uh, if I'm you know working at an ad venue and I'm making eighty thousand dollars a year, and somebody comes along and gives me an offer, um, you know you got to figure in taxes and all those other things. You know the longer drive, uh, perhaps you'll you know different uh, work uniform. All the all the things that might uh, be a, a factor in in this job, the benefits and the uh, the cons of it, and yeah, 
you know, get me to leave where I'm at, make an 80 grand a year. I think 120, 140 might be something that it I'd gets back into that being able to walk away thing. Yeah. If you're in a position, you're not desperate and you can walk away. That gets you, puts you in a really good negotiating yes. position. Had a friend who had saved up a lot of money and he spent a long time looking for a job. He wanted one that he was going to really like and that was going to pay what he wanted and, and uh, it served him really well. He was very professional about it. I had a, uh, another friend who, who actually uh, got a job offer uh, to go. He would have had to move and, and to, to take it and everything. And he was like, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to move. I'm settled. I'm happy. Yeah. And so he way highballed him. Way high bottom, like okay, what would make it worth my while right, to actually yeah. move? Didn't care. And he figured they're going to turn him down, and they took his way high ball offer. It's the opposite <laughs> of the uh, the house thing we were talking about before. If you've got a buyer's market like you do here in houses, you know the opposite being that if uh, you don't care whether you get the house or not, low ball them and see if they take it. Same right. thing with the job thing. If you don't care about the job, then high ball them and see if you get it. Mm-hmm. So 1-800-259-9231, uh, share your stories. Number 14, there's no shame in taking any honest job. And I think a lot of people, uh, if, they're, yeah. if yeah. they're in a dire straits and desperate situations, they tell themselves, well, I can't work at that job. Yeah, I, absolutely. Mm. I respect totally uh, somebody who'll take a job that, uh, you know, they're nece- not necessarily what they would have preferred to have take, taken in order to pay their bills and more to me I, I sort of look at it like you know taking care of your family and things like that the vast majority of people do live with people but you know i got no problems with people taking jobs like that I'm, i respect them and you know i'd say in a in times like now where we're entering quite possibly a depression uh, even more so that's that applies and and tr- and trust yeah. me you will it's not going to reflect badly on you especially the times the way they are right now if you're worried that oh this is going to look bad on my resume working here and you know it's not going to look as bad as not no. working at yeah, all working. especially in this economy so well i think that one thing that employers really respect is somebody who can who can get the job done and sometimes uh you know what the i worked as a like i said i worked as a salesperson at a high end magazine and i wore a jacket and a tie and a pressed shirt and pressed pants every day for work shined shoes mm-hmm. drove a uh, black convertible and you know when the uh, office equipment came in I went home i got my toolbox i came back and i put that stuff together on um in the evening because you know, the <laughs> my friend who worked there it wasn't quite as handy and, you know, it was a busy guy or whatever. And I so I put that office equipment um, together. And, the, yeah, totally, those people respected the fact that I'd get my hands dirty. And I think that, that taking a uh, lesser job, as it were, shows that. And it helps you get the bills paid. I mean, let's talk about reality. Do you want to be on welfare? Do you want to be just kind of shacking up and mooching? Because if you don't take what's available, then what are you going to do? You're going to be t- you're going to st- be stuck in a very difficult situation, especially if you don't have that backup money that you need uh, to have that we were talking about earlier. If you've got that buffer to back you up, then you can be a little more choosy. You know, if you've got that uh, that cash in reserve, you can take a little more time looking for something that's a little more fitting to your skill set or or whatever. But if you don't have that, you need to take what comes up. And now this could sound confusing because we just got through saying follow your passion, follow your heart. Don't oh. you know? Don't have a backup plan. <laughs> Thanks but, for bringing that up. But uh, it is important to clarify when I you know when I'm saying that. I think you know when you're preparing for two careers, that's very different than doing a job right now to survive while you're pursuing your true passion. You know, that's a very different Absolutely. thing. But if you're splitting your, your efforts for to prepare for a backup career, 
I think you're you're planning for failure and Ex- you're not uh, going to succeed. I'd like to hop in here. Um, I was doing a job that I didn't want to do uh, at one point. I had uh, gone cabbie? back. What's that? Was it a cabbie job? No, this no. was uh, actually being a, a salesperson slash personal trainer at a uh, gym. Okay, got it. I didn't want to be working there. I had previously quit the gym and uh, gone off to, to start my own business, and that business failed. And, um, you know, I went. So I went back to the gym. I, you know, I felt like I was going back with my tail between my legs. I didn't want to mm-hmm. do it, but I knew how to do it, and I would make better money and, and uh, have better hours than I would if I was going to, say, it worked at McDonald's or something like that. And you had to ha- I had to have some kind of job, right? Well, while working there, I met the guy who offered me the job that, uh, you know, the, sale, the radio sales job that I then took and has, you know, springboarded my career – you know, I've so it was it was the going out there and playing every day got got me lucky. Going out and getting on the field and uh, swinging the bat, staying at home and playing your video games, um, is not creating a space for that dream job to come along. Yeah, while com- while complaining about how you can't find any work, right? Which seems to be what so many people do. That uh, oh, well, I well, I'm not I'm but uh, that that job is beneath me. Flipping burgers or, or cleaning floors, that's beneath me. I'm just gonna sit and wait. You can follow your dreams, but sometimes when you don't have the capital to do your dreams 100% of the time, you got to do something to bring money in and pay the bills. 800-259-9231. Now, reducing the bills that you have to pay and living with other people is a way to put more money into your pocket to accelerate your dreams forward, and that's all about good saving and money management discipline. We touched on some of that earlier. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's uh, whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And from creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you ever imagined possible when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's Free State Project. Dot org, and we are expecting uh, quite the activist event tomorrow afternoon here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we do this show from. There are going to be two trials. One of the activists, uh, Andrew Carroll, was arrested back in January for publicly possessing marijuana. He had uh, scheduled an event, had notified the police, notified, uh, sent out press releases, letting people know he was going to be standing in public holding marijuana. He did it. The police came. They arrested him. He's been charged with a misdemeanor, and his trial is tomorrow afternoon. Also, another one of our activists up in this uh, in the New Hampshire area, Mike Barsky, will be on trial for organizing an event without, without a, a permit. permit. So, assembly without a permit, I believe, is the charge there. So much for that whole Constitution thing. That one is particularly appalling and disturbing. It's my understanding that neither of the gentlemen will be uh, paying any sort of fines that they are ordered to pay. So, they will be non-cooperative in that manner. And I also understand that a number of activists will not be standing for the judge in that particular courtroom. Who could that be? <laughs> hmm. A number of activists have uh, converted to Quakerism and are going to... <laughs> Quakers don't, have to, don't respect one man over another, you know. So if you're not standing for a judge and they say, why aren't you standing for this judge? You say, I'm a Quaker. R- religious reasons. Religious reasons. Yeah. 
It's against my religion. And so that's going to be and happening. And they ask tomorrow. you what religion is that in there. There's also a good chance that some camera disobedience will be occurring, though it's my understanding that this judge, who has been very oppressive in many ways in regards to cameras in the courtroom, is now going to be allowing cameras in tomorrow to the courtroom. I just don't know if the cameramen are actually going to make it through the lobby successfully before they make it to the court, because we've had people being arrested in the lobby of this well, courtroom. I don't think that the lobby is the battleground that the, the camera it people... It is now. Well, it, it, <laughs> Only because should of, it be? That's yeah. the question. They it, are it, making it that way. It was, it was a battleground over the court, and it worked its way into the lobby, because uh, it came it came down to like orders... That weren't really orders being posted and thing, and so that needed to be filmed and so forth. Well, I think that um, you know there, there's some legitimacy to them saying that there shouldn't be uh, cameras, you know, in the no filming in the no, hallway. No, there's not. It's there's a public place. Some legitimacy, not I entire. I say zero. Okay, well, the, the, they have the whole rape victim thing. And it's when they not can a show me the rape place. victim, it's it's the severity of the charge. Show me the rape victim, and I'll agree not to shoot not to shoot video. Well, of they that don't. Person. The rape victim doesn't want you to know who they are. You understand that's the it's idea. public trial. I can sit in on that trial. They don't even it. have to do it if they can tell the court security and say I don't want to be Absolutely. filmed and please tell them I don't well, want to be filmed. I, I, I don't think the cameras are be, really being pointed. at They don't. They don't have to say anyway. that. That's why they don't want I to. I understand filmed all of those things. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's some legitimacy. I'm not saying a great deal. See, I would say there's legitimacy if I thought there was a great deal of legitimacy. All right, go on with There's your point. some <laughs> legitimacy if. He is allowing, and the reason that the the filming was going on in the hallway was because the filming wasn't being allowed it allowed in the courtroom. If the if the filming's being allowed in the courtroom, I think that the people with the cameras should respect that and not turn them on until they get in the courtroom. No. What if we want to uh, videotape the the security screening procedures? What if we uh, find something interesting at the? What if the, 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 the time the for a different battle? I, I agree with victory. Ian. I wouldn't necessarily pick that battle if we can get into the courtroom. That's not a battle I would pick. But you're right. I agree with you. We should be. It's a public place. There's and a that's, clerk's window that there. Be, you know. And if I'm filing paperwork there, I want somebody with a camera behind me recording that I filed uh, filed that paperwork. And see, then I would pick a battle then. Uh, that's exactly a time I think it is a good battle to pick. But you're absolutely right. It is, if it's a public place, you should be... It, I it, concur you can with that. that. But take your victory, claim All the prize, hey. and then go back and go for the, the Mark, new thing. We've got enough activists to do it all at once. There are going to be people who, the, there are two guys that have been approved to go in with cameras at this particular trial, or these two trials. And there are probably going to be other people there with cameras as well who are willing to uh, go ahead and record in the lobby. I don't know if that's going to happen. I haven't heard specifically, but rumor has it there may be more camera disobedience at the uh, the Keene District Court. So all that's happening tomorrow afternoon, plus uh, prior to the trials, there's going to be a, de- a, de- a demonstration slash protest out in front for an hour uh, prior to that. So if, there's a lot if you're going in on. The, if you're in the northeast New Englandish area, come out for this. Uh, you know, you can go to the yeah. trial, you can go to the protest. Also, Andrew, the uh, marijuana civil disobedience, mm-hmm. um, he is not going to go into court if they don't allow cameras. I guess maybe we're already past that point. Or they Sounds like he'll be in the because they are okay. gonna, they've been approved at this point. So. Okay. So it should be a very interesting day uh, tomorrow. And, of course, if you aren't able to come out and be with us as we experience this, stay tuned here at Free Talk Live because we'll be talking about it tomorrow night most likely. And, of course, over at freekeen.com, any videos and audios and blog posts, that are available will be posted there at post with. All right, we continue with your phone calls. Thomas in California, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Thomas. Thomas? Hey, how you doing, guys? What's on your mind tonight? Um, yeah, well, I, I used to work for the government. I called to talk about that, but first I want to say, like, yeah, this permit for protesting and assembly thing is, is just completely out of hand, and it goes to show that, 
the one people that the one group that did learn something from the protest movement of the 60s is the uh, is the government. <laughs> they learned completely how to try and keep that under wraps, and it's, it's yeah. pretty disgusting to prevent. Yeah, you can't have your protest unless you beg for permission first. Yeah, I don't understand what part of shall not be infringed isn't clear. I mean, people make all these ludicrous arguments for language in the Constitution, but I think that is 100% clear, shall not be infringed. A lot of intrusive <laughs> laws. Say, well, a permit isn't infringing. <laughs> a lot of the anyway, intrusive laws came out of that uh, desire to quell speech. Like uh, the drug the drug war got ramped up in the, uh, in the Nixon administration to deal with war protesters because so many of them were also drug users. And so they could get them on something and something else. You know, it was just well, something that could get them on to in, stop their speech. Into the movement to help it along uh, as well, just like with the uh, with uh, the famous MK Ultra experiments, where the CIA was giving people LSD and brothels. They could, they established, you know, so they were feeding LSD into the community in San Francisco. Admittedly, good times. <laughs> good times, yes. Yeah. Good use of tax dollars, but. Um, yeah, anyway, I used to actually be a U.S. Forest Service firefighter. Well, I can't really call us that because they give us the job title uh, forestry technician, but I don't know what driving around on a fire engine has to do with that. But um, right. I I ended up working on one of their helitack crews, and I'm out there in California, so I've been on a, pretty much any of the biggest fires you've seen on the news in the past wow. six or seven years. I've been uh, been out there fighting them. And uh, first of all, the Forest Service is the biggest fire department in the world. And uh, what when you see these big red fire trucks on these uh, these big brush fires, they're just parking in front of houses, hoping the flame fronts don't hit. And it's yeah. actual the actual Forest Service guys, the hotshot crews, the hand crews, the hell attack, putting in the lines. And uh, no press is out there because it's just too dangerous. But anyway, these guys, through some weird interpretation of the Davis whatever act, decide to rent their helicopters. For the year, they don't own any of their firefighting helicopters. And uh, these same helicopters that they rent, they'll sell as federal excess property from the military to counties to use for their firefighting e uh, efforts for $2. And they'll rent them for around uh, $2 million that'll cost for a six-month period. They have it only in the height of fire season. So they only bring their crew on one month before to train, and they have to train without the helicopter. They have to stimulate it. Hmm. By the time the helicopter is there, they go like this. The they, they, they fly around like this. Is, I, how do they simulate being in a helicopter when you're not on a helicopter? Well, we have a little cage thing that you sit in with seats and you practice getting in and out of it. I see. <laughs> and they show you lots of pictures. And we we cut fire line too. We we do air traffic control and we do fire line and we would construct helibases all for. I mean, they have guys doing this for twelve dollars uh, an hour with no benefits, rappelling out of helicopters into fires. And uh, yeah, these helicopters will show up, and ours showed up with uh, paint missing from the tail boom. Like, uh oh, oh no, are you still there? It's classified Thomas? information. <laughs> like, is he back? Sorry. Oh, you are yeah, back. Our, yeah, ours uh, showed up with uh, paint missing from the tail boom. About three feet of paint was uh, worn off. A three-inch rusty bolt fell out of the water tank, which is about a twenty-year-old water tank, uh, on the side of the aircraft in the mechanic stand. Who are they renting these from? They have several small companies that they get. Rogers is the most notorious. That's the one we rented ours from. I'm wondering where you're going with all this. I'm interested to hear the rest. Hang on. We're going to bring it back. 800-259-9231. Former government firefighter uh, on the phone with, oh, on the phones with us here. And, of course, we'll take your calls about whatever you want, even in these remaining moments. It's Free Talk Live.
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 800-259-9231. Only moments remain. Just enough time to sneak your phone call in here. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, we give them away. Now, if you enjoy this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show. We uh, use it to buy advertising within the industry, to reach out to new radio stations, getting on more stations across the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board as well with Internet advertising and that sort of thing. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. And you can learn about the benefits, the perks that you'll get, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All of the details in the sign-up links are at amp.freetalklive.com. As we return to Thomas in California, telling us about your experience as a government firefighter with the Forest Service, uh, mentioning that they were, apparently they don't own any of the helicopters they use for fighting fires, they're renting them, and you were talking about how one of the uh, choppers that you had seen was just kind of falling apart uh, when you'd gotten it. So continue your story. Yeah, it's actually one of the choppers I worked on was uh, falling apart, and um, they have these fly-by-night contract pilots, you know, they just run through them and you have a different pilot every year. And this guy, he left the window open in the helicopter he, while he was flying and had the window shade, the sunshade fall out. He accidentally he hit the wrong button on the helicopter twice and dropped the, the 350-gallon bucket with a 100-foot steel cable hanging off the bottom. He was dropping the water near firefighters and picking up water from lakes. So, I mean, it was just constant. I mean, they have this little check sheet that the Forest Service has to sign each other off, and there's no competitive testing for uh, positions. So the buddies just signed buddies off. Like, I had to work three months straight on a fire crew, on a helicopter, fighting fire to get my helicopter crew member cert. Yeah, and I met people that never flew on a helicopter that were signed off as helicopter crew members. So they were and certified you, you, because they were in the good old boys club. Knew basically. somebody. Exactly. They worked around the helicopter. They loaded some gear on it. Uh, they were a cheese kid or friends with somebody, and they got signed off. And uh, What's a cheese kid? Some of our Chiefs. Boss, Oh, chief. <laughs> a son of a chief or daughter of a chief. Got it. Okay. Chief. Yeah, exactly. And, and so we'd have guys showing up there. Like our, some of our bosses would show up to work drunk. I mean, they'd right. show up like several minutes late. I'm like, sorry, you were a firefighter or were you in radio? I, I... <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, and I, you know, I have no problem if you whatever you do off work. But, you know, when yeah. a helicopter has to get shut down for the day because... The only qualified superintendent has alcohol poisoning from the party the night before. And there was just a 100-acre fire the previous week in the area threatening the local college. I think that's a little bit too far. And yet, and yet, all of these experiences, and I'm sure we've just scratched the surface here. Uh, oh, but, that but, is just but, the surface. Right. All of these experiences that you're sharing with us, these mm-hmm. problems could be solved for the most part by simply having the marketplace handle fire protection. And when you throw an idea like that out there to somebody, they they uh, they they step back and they gasp and oh my god, how could you possibly want the marketplace to handle something so important as fire protection? How could you possibly I, want an organization so inefficient no, as bloated as the government in, uh, protecting you your house? That's what fire. I was going to do is turn it around. I, I think you're no, absolutely is. right, Ian. But for people who aren't ready to to hear that. At least listen to the fact that having government do this has not solved whatever problems you were afraid of as far as the free market doing it. I mean, look at look at the incompetency of the government doing it. And why do people have this delusion that there's this magical 
difference when you stick a badge on someone or when they're signed off on a piece of paper that's government approved yeah. that that's yeah, going to suddenly magically solve problems. <laughs> Go ahead, say again. I'm sorry, these guys, yeah, these guys would completely blow your image of firefighters. You would see them on the street and say thanks for your service, but you have no idea that the guy almost got his entire crew killed the night before because he just wow. doesn't know what he's doing. You know, and it, it, it's a real shame. And, you know, there is experimenting with private contractors on the fire line, but because of the good old boy system, the real hit and miss, you know, my, my cousin has a pickup truck and three. I mean, we have actual, what, fire crews of illegal aliens, and when I, well, I'll be doing a crew a briefing, because they have to get a briefing to fly on the helicopter. I'll have to have a translator from the crew because, like, only one or two guys on the crew will speak English. And the Forest Service will give them a, a pseudo-qualified fire leader for the specific assignment one at a time, and they'll just go through different fire crew chiefs each assignment. And uh, it's, it's really weird. It's really hit and miss with the contractors. There's some just exceptional helicopter contractors out there. There's some really amazing companies, and there's some that do it even worse than Uncle Scam. So it's it's definitely being experimented with right now. It almost seems like the Forest Service wants to go. Well, I don't personally. I don't care what language uh, my fire crews speak, as long as they can do the job. Uh, that's oh well, that that wasn't just that they couldn't speak the language, which you need in in a, an extremely dynamic environment where fire can move. Oh, you know, over 100 miles an hour. I'm with that. communication. It's fine with uh, me whatever language they want to speak. I just want them to speak the same one as I do. So, (laughs) I mean, I don't want to be on a crew with a bunch of guys that don't speak my language. However, I can speak Spanish, so I would probably over time working with these guys be able to, to be able to pull it off. But... You've got to be able to speak the same language as your crew. One of the things that I wanted to point out here is that in the marketplace, if we had a true free market in fire protection, not the, 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 drunk at work? I mean, nobody's going to stand for that in the marketplace. If you know that your employees are coming to work drunk, you're not going to allow that to happen. Uh, just, uh, handing out favors? I mean, that's not as likely to happen in a competitive marketplace where you've got different entities competing for business yeah. and if they don't get the job done right and they don't get the job done in a in exactly. as affordable manner as possible they're not going to get hired for that service uh, the next year exactly so and these guys are yeah. not performance oriented at all they'll just write it off they'll say well the fire was too intense we we couldn't engage you know we we could only do too much it was really steep and rocky out there it you comes know, down the whole to time if you had a, a better a better crew you could have easily yeah, taking some sort of action. You know, it's, right, it's they have really... no liability. Thank you for the call tonight and sharing that story with us. I appreciate it. It comes down to accountability. That's the right. fact that the government is protected and safe. And you, you know, if you don't like something they did, they've they've got a process that they control for you to complain. And 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 it's very limited. And you know, you fill out some paperwork for them to ignore, or for someone else higher up who's protecting their their gang to sign off on and say, nope, he's fine. And we've all been through it. So if that neighborhood full of houses burns down. Nobody on that fire crew is responsible for it. The fire chief, the crew, nobody's responsible. They could blow. They could have. It could be their fault. You know, they like uh, for whatever for whatever reason they could have done something really simply that would have stopped that fire. If they didn't do that simple thing, then. They're not going to have to pay any kind of price. They're not going to go out of business because nobody can be uh, nobody can withdraw funding from these people. And They're if going someone to be funded were to, next year regardless. If that guy who was dropping buckets in the wrong place because he's hitting the wrong buttons, if he dropped it on someone's house, can you imagine the process of that person trying to possibly sue this government agency, the firefighting Impossible. agency? And even if they succeeded, who's going to pay the price? Taxpayers. Taxpayers. Right. <laughs> Whereas when a, in a marketplace, if the if the market company is failing, unless they're Chrysler, 
uh, or GM. But if the market company is failing as they should, they should be allowed to fail and have themselves go out of business and be replaced by people that can do the job right. But when you've got the government, none of those factors are present. So if you really want to protect people from fire, and if you're living in a place like California or another fire-prone state, then you really need to be on this issue. This is a really important issue for you, but who's, who's holding up this mantle? Who's out there arguing for, uh, for private fire protection? Nobody. Let's As a matter of fact, they, they act like you, you hate children if yeah, right. you uh, at, argue for private fire service. I don't hate the children. I don't hate the firefighters. I think that a lot of firefighters are good guys that have they the best They deserve the best intentions. equipment, and the only way they're going to get that best equipment is by going into the marketplace. Right. Let's continue with your calls. Uh, let's talk to Charles in Pennsylvania. Charles, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, you're on the air, Charles. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Alex's show? This is Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Oh, well, I called it. Um, called in for. Uh, You're choking, buddy. Autism. Get it out quick. Uh, about I was calling about the swine flu. Yeah, what about it? <laughs> Thanks for the call. <laughs> Let's talk to uh, E Jazz in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, E Jazz. Hey, I also wanted to talk about uh, swine flu. Hopefully, you have something to say. Go for it. Uh, yeah, actually. I actually do. Uh, first of all... You've got I 20 just, seconds, I'm afraid, so go quick. Okay. I just wanted to say, Benninger. Thanks for the call. We are going to dump that out. All right. Well, it's, that's It's not it. the swine flu. It's H1N1. Because at first okay. they were calling it swine flu, and that offended uh, you know so certain religious groups. And uh, then they called it the Mexican flu. And, of course, the Mexicans didn't like that. So Wasn't it because yeah. it's related to pigs? The, pigs transferred well, to people? or Yeah, well, it had avian strains, too. But now they're calling right. it H1N1. In one, which I expect some Star Wars fans to rise up and, say, and and come in defense of service droids everywhere. Now we've had some good crank callers calling this show. That was not a good crank call. No, uh, I don't know who it is that uh, is putting the word out there. I've heard rumors about who it might be, but whoever it is that's telling these folks folks to call needs to be informed that Free Talk Live now has a dump machine. So right. you're hey, wasting your time on hold, folks. If you have a good crank, give us a good crank. If you just want to scream some profanity, save it. These are challenging times. Inflation, job security, political and financial uncertainty affect us all. Now more than ever, it's important to review your life insurance needs should something happen to you. Experts agree. Most families should have life insurance protection of 10 times their income. The great news is life insurance rates have never been this low. When you call Termco, Gil Edwards will tell you how affordable term life insurance can be. Gil specializes in saving people money on top-rated term life insurance. Find out if you're paying too much or if you don't have enough. Ask about the new return of premium plans, which return your entire premium back to you after 20 or 30 years, tax-free, guaranteed. Your family's protected either way. Get the best coverage with Termco at the lowest possible rate. Call Termco for a free no-obligation quote. Call 800-493-7712. 800-493-7712. That's 800-493-7712. 